Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake podcast. I am your host, Kai, and joining me again today is my incredible co-host, Viz. How are you doing, Viz? Still alive, it seems. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty good these days. I had a slump like uh, one, two weeks ago, but now it's better, and we're back. New mm-hmm. year. And how's it, how's it been in the change to New Year's at your point? Um, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, just trying to take some me time to do things that I enjoy. And we are actually in a state of emergency here in Ontario and Canada. So um, we're on another lockdown and things are closed. So, you know, you're limited to things that you could do. And I've just been, you know, working and also trying to find time to uh, just play some some games and enjoy that while I can and also work on this podcast. So it's been going really well. and. Um, yeah, so same to you. Happy New Year to you. So did you have any anything you. that you did for New Year's? Not too much. I had one <laughs> one friend over and uh, we t- made pizza ourselves. Nice. And then we tried to watch a movie, but our infrastructure has had changed since last time. And uh, okay. kinda, it's the 4K um, movie I downloaded wasn't really playing on anything so we oh. <laughs> it took like two hours to figure out how oh, to play no. it on, on our, our beamer and then we made it work like a few minutes before oh. midnight then we uh we celebrated and then just started watching and i think about a quarter or a, a third of the movie i kind of dozed off <laughs> yeah well, it was fine i need to watch it again it was tenet oh cool yeah i haven't seen that yeah. yet i heard it's really good though it's it's fine. It's pretty good, yeah. But I still need to to watch it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really know uh, what was going on because I uh, didn't didn't see yes all of it. <laughs> it. Was pretty good, nonetheless. I'm the same type of person. Like I, um, my friend and I, like when we were able to hang out before, I, you know, she was like, "Oh, let's have a movie night or whatever," and I'm like, "Sure." So, um, I like rented some digital movies online and made sure that they had um, 4k HDR and then I couldn't get it working the same thing and then you know an hour hour and a half goes by and she's like can we just like watch a different movie probably <laughs> you know what I mean and not that yeah. one like something on Netflix but I just couldn't let it go and I'm just like oh and and pe- like everybody knows me as that I'm, I'm mm. that guy you know like I'm that's that's same. who I am <laughs> I just can't yeah. let it go <laughs> in the end so we, we had to download the uh uh, the full HD, so the, okay, the 1080p version, and yeah. then my laptop could handle it because the <laughs> PS4 and the PS4 Pro, neither of them would uh, play it. Right, they didn't recognize format, whatever, and it was weird. Oh well. Yeah, same with me. I um just pretty much binged on anime, and I'm watching Black Clover, so I still need to finish that. And uh, played some video games on New Year's, and that's that's pretty much it. All right, guys. So the best way to support us here is to like, sub, and share the podcast. Hop on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't already done so. And also sub us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are available everywhere. 
And also check us out on Twitter. I have been more active on Twitter, uh, trying to engage in the Final Fantasy VII community. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. So just retweeting other people's posts and posts that I think are super interesting that I, I hope that our listeners would find interesting as well. And we have some awesome things planned for the future, have some special guests hopefully being scheduled to be here on the podcast. And we will be doing some exclusive giveaways of some things. So more info coming on that. So make sure that you follow our Twitter account as well for more information about those giveaways. All right. So what's been on the go over at Cosmo Canyon Observatory? A lot of work and not much <laughs> to be seen by the public. Now I'm, I'm uh, pretty far in or almost finished uh, with the next video. It was a bit more work than anticipated, but mm -hmm. uh, we're almost through. And it's the first part of the Final Fantasy 16 analysis, like mostly focused on the crystals, the world, the realms yeah. and stuff, and the world map. Yeah, that's about it. And afterwards, we'll continue with uh, analysis of the mysteries of the Final Fantasy VII Remake mm -hmm. with Cloud and Sephiroth. Focus on those two, because there are so, so many scenes where the mysteries involve both. So I decided yeah. to get both into one video, a mini video series. First wanted to do Cloud first and then Sephiroth. And then I realized, well, <laughs> I would be repeating so many scenes and it's not worth it. So, mm -hmm. but it's, it's another uh, two hour thing, probably like, like the whole thing. We'll split yeah. it up into uh, three episodes, like the Aerith analysis to get it out faster. And in the end, it will also be a complete one, at least two hours, I guess, because there's a lot to say about Cloud, especially Sephiroth. Mm -hmm. A lot. But that's for the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to see, you know, what all the information that you have in your analysis videos, especially for Final Fantasy 16 as well, because I know that, you know, we got that the, the official website, we've got more lore information and just the trailer as well. And I'm sure there are things because, you know, you take out your magnifying glass and you're like looking mm -hmm. through frame by frame. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I missed in that um, trailer as well. And I'm really excited actually to, to, uh, to watch your uh, Final Fantasy 16 analysis video. And it's kind of a good distraction while we're waiting for more information about this game, right? So oh, definitely, I can't wait yeah. for that. Whenever it will release like new information, we have no idea. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that uh, February 5th, I think, we'll get more news about uh, 14, like the new expansion, right. as people predict, because it's time already. And then I, this will probably get a little breather. So March, uh, maybe there will be an, uh, announcements for a defin definitive edition for the remake or something like that, because exclusivity ends on April 10th. So this could be something in between and then maybe May, June or something, six, mm -hmm. more 16 news, probably. I don't know. It's hard to predict because I'm, I'm not really a market analyst. It's all good. <laughs> We're going to talk about this more in depth in a little bit. So today's episode, we will be answering your questions in our special Ask Anything episode. But first, we will be giving our hot take on the recently released Square Enix trademarks. Also, the definitive edition being announced in February, the Final Fantasy VII Orchestra World Tour update, and a leaked Nintendo Direct document which showed Final Fantasy VII Remake releasing on the Switch. All right, so our first thing today is we are talking about the Square Enix trademarks. All right, guys, so... 
what happened was there was an article that was released by uh, Gematsu, and here's what it said. Square Enix filed trademarks for Evercrisis and The First Soldier on December 17th, 2020 in Japan, as well as the Shinra Electric Power Company logo on December 22nd. All three trademarks were just made publicly today, which was Monday, January the 11th, 2021. All three trademarks seem to be related to Square Enix Final Fantasy VII series. Evercrisis shares a similar name to the 2004 released mobile game Before Crisis and Final Fantasy VII and 2007 released PSP game Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. The First Soldier may be a reference to Sephiroth, the main villain of Final Fantasy VII series, and the Shinra Electric Power Company is an organization, obviously in the world of Final Fantasy VII. The latest game in the Final Fantasy VII series, Final Fantasy VII Remake, launched in April 2020, which we know. So we're just going to take a second to kind of, you know, break this down and talk about it together. Uh, so Viz, I think you wrote a lot here, so I think you should definitely go first and then I'll just give like my, my take. Oh, for sure. So first off, Evercrisis, there's been, um, like, a, a theme going on with the naming of the compilation titles with mm-hmm. Advent Children being AC and Before Crisis being BC, Crisis Core CC and Dirt of Servers DC, now Evercrisis is EC. So... There are a lot of speculations going on, mm-hmm. and some people suggest even that those might be like EC or Ever Crisis and the First Soldier are the next two games in the remake saga. Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe EC, maybe not. So first, um, the First Soldier is pretty clear, Sephiroth, because it's where everything started with the Soldier. Mm-hmm. And... I can't see this being anything other than uh, a Sephiroth uh, backstory, probably DLC or mini, a, a smaller game, side game or something. Hopefully not mobile or, or uh, whatever, or a movie. Right. Um, it would be pretty cool that it's actually a, a bigger DLC expansion for the remake, like those two uh, that were for The Witcher 3. Like, uh, right. Uh, I forget the names. Uh, Blood and Wine and Hearthstone or something? No. Whew, I never played those, so I'm not quite up to date, but uh, yeah, I've heard of, about those. And that they're pretty good, mm-hmm. like 10 hours each around new content or something, around 10 hours each. Hopefully, but I don't think there's much more to speculate right here. Some people said that the first soldier could also be first class soldier, so FC. That's why oh. EC, B, uh, EC wow. and FC being the next two compilation titles <laughs> and the remake being also part of a compilation because it's, it's a sequel, yada, yada, yada. Could be, could not be, but the first soldier it doesn't scream FC. And some people have said it in the Japanese, they usually don't say first class, but more like just first. Soldier first, soldier second. Oh, I see. So... Yeah, probably not. But, yeah, Ever Crisis, the word ever sounds like something uh, infinite, like a Mm -hmm. loop of sorts, something that repeats or something that goes on uh, in eternity. In our uh, video about Aerith, we in the end uh, theorized about Aerith going back multiple times to kind of rewrite and then lose herself again like mm-hmm. the whispers get her and she loses 
like a future um, knowledge and everything gets reset. So her future self has to go back in an earlier earlier time in the past to try to fix things again or to change things again, like kind of a, a repeat a loop, um, something that goes on forever, seemingly. Yes. So it's possible that there's something it's kind of a side story. Do we see uh, what Aerith did? Because it's probably uh, too big to be in the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Something kind of a side story that we get more context for. Or Ever Crisis could also refer to like, the crisis that is, has been going on forever. Like 2,000 years ago, Genova, Genova uh, came to the planet and mm-hmm. as the, the Calamity from the Skies was the first crisis, so to speak, maybe. There were others before. Sleepy Z has um, theorized about this 2,000-year cycle, which now repeats. Mm-hmm. Kind of this this cycle might be a reference here. So it could be something related to Genova and the Cetra backstory that relates to the crisis now, which might relate to something that could be there in the future, which relates to the remake. I don't know. And some people have also suggested it could also, because it's close to East, to Crisis Core and uh, mm-hmm. Ever Crisis, that it might, it might be a side story from Zack's pr- perspective, which right. also might not have uh, any room in the main story, the main games, so that we see what uh, he's been up to but, or, or what he will now be up to since he's now alive. Um, I'm not so sure about that. I can see him being used in uh in interjected laguna segments as people and i think max dude was the, one of the first ones who suggested this mm-hmm. zach just pops in oh now we uh, we play a part of zach to see what he's up to and then back to the rest because too much of zach now is probably just too much and would uh kind of dilute the story and uh be a distraction Maybe there's there's uh, material to be told, stories to be told, maybe. But from my current perspective, I don't think mm-hmm. we should they should focus too much on Zack, at least uh, in in the next next iteration. Maybe for the last part when he he gets more important. If yeah, it all it all depends on where they will go and what they plan with him. So it's hard to speculate but i'll i i have a video planned about the ending and sack so i'll go much more into detail in that but this is for after the, the sephiroth and cloud video so there will be a while until i have really time to sit down think about everything and actually put all the thoughts i had together into one coherent thing so right yeah all right so i i'm trying to kind of like think about think about all of this and obviously this is just some fun speculation um we're not you know saying that in any way this is what's it's going to end up like or you know and also if it's not a new game like i'm i'm not going to be disappointed but i'm just giving my like opinion about what i think it could be um and i'm holding my expectations like i'm not i don't have any expectations like going into this you know what i'm saying i just wanted to like put that out there um, so people like understand that it's just some fun speculation about you know what what this could be, and 
I just found it super interesting, like you said, that the letters go A, C, B, C, 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 D, C, and now mm. E, C is kind of like, that's kind of a weird coincidence that they would have this. It's too much of a coincidence, I feel like, for it not to be some kind of um, clue or just like, uh, like it's intentional. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that mm. it's intentional. And there is something in the actual in Final Fantasy VII remake that Barrett says, I don't know if you know what that line is, uh, but he does mention plans or something about there being plan A, B, C, D, Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've seen people talk about this too, and I think this is maybe a bit too too far fetched, or just just a just a joke, an inside joke about this this uh, this lettering. Maybe it's yeah, it could be a hint, but it could absolutely <laughs> be yes. But it's just coincidental that it does go up to letter E, and then I don't think he says letter F. I'm not sure what the exact quote is, but I think it's. It's just somebody quoted that like online and I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Um, and I thought that was super cool. If it's kind of a hint, if it's not, then, and it's just something random, it doesn't matter. But I just thought that was super cool. Um, and so I totally agree with you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I just had, a, had, a, had an idea. <laughs> an epiphany? <laughs> since since, since it, the plan E is the one we get to experience in the remake because... Plan A was no detection, everything went smoothly, of course didn't happen. Then B, <laughs> C, and D were like middle steps in between, depending on where they got caught, and they got caught very early, so it was plan E. So E, we played through E, so E would be the remake, like the next iteration in or the next entry in the compilation. Mm, maybe. Hmm. So Ever Crisis could kind of be something to or or maybe the, the overall descriptor for the remake project, like in general, yeah. That the remake itself, with all the whole story that will eventually be told, is the Ever Crisis. I think someone mentioned this even, but now it, it makes a bit more sense that they um, chose the letter E for the <laughs> actual plan. That's uh, and it's the last, and the remake should. It will, pro will probably also be the last in the compilation, or at least I mm -hmm. hope so, because at some point they need to stop milking that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, just a side note, this F, G, and H is only a reference to the um, the sec sectors or the sections in Chapter 6. Right. When they have the, the under, under, underplate um, part, or the undercity mm -hmm. section. Might be nothing, but yeah, I don't think there will be an F, G, and an H uh, <laughs> in the compilation or something. Yeah. So I do agree with you about what you said about Ever Crisis. I actually read your response here, and I thought, okay, so that sounds super interesting. Like it's a time, it's a, it's a time loop, right? It's a time. Mm -hmm. It's continuously repeating itself, and Aerith is traveling through time, probably trying to rewrite history or change some kind of event that's happening. And every time she's losing a part of herself and she does describe that in the remake mm -hmm. at one point where she feels like a part of her, every time a part of herself is being taken away and she feels less and less like herself. Right. And that's probably the cost that she's she's taking that like it's costing her that to go back so many times. So it could be like, you know, it's a continuous loop. It's always happening. And the same thing that goes for Sephiroth as well. Like it's he's also constantly going back and trying to 
change some kind of event. He needs cloud for something we don't know yet. And potentially could be, you know, Aerith is chasing him through the time, the timelines or the whatever is happening. And I thought that yeah. was super, super interesting as well. I don't know if this is going to be like personally, I don't think Ever Crisis is like the next part of the remake. I don't think that's like what it is because I don't yeah, like same. I believe what Nomura and Kataze said that the events of the Final Fantasy VII after leaving Midgar are going to play out the same. I think that that's going to be similar. part or yeah. similarly. Yeah. And I think that's going to be part two. I don't think if Ever Crisis ends up being a game that that is part two of the remake. I think that it could potentially be DLC, like you said, or it's another spinoff game completely. That is a remake. It's Crisis Core and Before Crisis as like with the remake treatment that Final Fantasy VII Remake got or Final Fantasy VII OG got as the remake. And it's it, because Before Crisis was only released on mobile and mm -hmm. not even in North America, right? Like I'm pretty sure that it was only in Japan. Japan only, yeah. I think. So we didn't even get that story here. Like that it could be, I was thinking it was Before Crisis and Crisis Core given the remake treatment, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then released as a new game on next gen, and potentially, like, we are playing as, like, obviously, we go through everything that's happened in the, in the past. We're going, you know, we get to play as Zack, but it might have changes to the storyline where, like, I, I don't know where things that are happening in the present time, like, with the whispers and everything, like, and Aerith potentially, like you said, stuck in a time loop and she's going back. So things don't play out exactly the same. And so people who played Crisis Core, it's like a new game. You know what I mean? It's not just like a rehash of Crisis Core. And then that, the ending of that plays into the fact that it's discovered that potentially it's a loop. And then that kind of explains how at the end of uh crisis court when we see like we see zach is alive uh, mm -hmm. sorry spoiler alert for everybody that i'm so <laughs> sorry spoiler now if you haven't played final fantasy 7 remake stop listening yeah okay why are you even listening to an ff7 remake podcast <laughs> if you haven't played it yet anyway Twitch i just <laughs> i just keep forgetting because i i feel like i'm i am spoiling people and i don't want to purposefully do that i haven't had any complaints or anything yet but anyway so the ending of Final Fantasy VII Remake, we see that obviously, like, in some timeline, Zack is alive. Um, and I, I just, I, I feel like this could be a possibility, but then if that's how the new remake of, like, Crisis Core ends up, like, Ever Crisis, which is a bundle of both games that have been remade, I just don't see them spoiling the ending of those games at the end of mm. Remake. So that mm. kind of is a deterrent for me, like, thinking that this isn't, it's probably not real what I'm saying, but my thought process is we didn't get to play before Crisis, so it would be a, a cool opportunity for them to kind of go back, remake these games, and you know make them so that they fit more in with the changes or not the changes, but the way that the the remake, like Final Fantasy VII remake, is going, which we know that it's going to play out similarly, but there are going to be different things happening. Um, so that was one thought process that I had. I might be completely wrong. Who knows? It's just fun speculation. For sure. That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. And the next... So I, I thought it might be a standalone game. You know, it's not just DLC because I just don't know if they're going to be able to encapsulate like 
everything that they want to share as a DLC for Final Fantasy VII Remake and also the assets that are in that game that would have to reuse. And there are some that would work, I feel, but I just don't, I, I see it as being a completely separate game that could potentially be like a spinoff game or it's a movie. That's also a possibility or a series. Or a series. Yep, absolutely. An animated series or, you know, it's some, it's, I don't want to say like Final Fantasy 15, uh, you know, brotherhood um, anime episodes. Like I thought those were well done. I don't see it as being the same as that, but potentially a television series or a movie of some sort or, or something like that. Because, you know, we did get um, The Last Order, right? Was that mm-hmm. um, episode that we got that was animated as well that we got with, I, th- I think episode Denzel as well that we got, right? With the... Advent Children Blu-ray. Yeah, it was on the Advent uh, Children Blu-ray. It's called Episode Denzel, I think. mm -hmm. Which was really well done as well. So anyway, that's what I was thinking. And I was just thinking that I was in the shower and I was just like, hmm. I was like, I believe them when they're saying that, you know, part two is not going to be a Zack game. Like part two, I feel, is just going to happen the same way as it kind of plays out in in the normal Final Fantasy VII. There's going to be some changes there and things that are updated, blah, blah, blah. I believe them when they say that. I just don't see Remake Part 2 being a Zack game. I just don't see it. Me neither. This would be weird. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, that was my thought process. It could be a short DLC expansion that we get with Definitive Edition if it ends up coming out, or we don't know. And like you said, I would love to see a Genova Cetra backstory. Absolutely. And also, like, shout out to Final Fan TV uh, posted <laughs> as well, said the absolute the same thing. So, you know, uh, Genova such a backstory, like prequel game would be absolutely incredible because there's so much that we don't know about Genova and the crisis there. And, um, you know, when, you know, the calamity fell from the sky and everything that, you know, happened um, mm-hmm. that we know of, I think that that the, the lore there is so like incredible that they could do so many amazing things with this and there's so much that we don't know that would be super interesting as well um so who knows but that's that's my hot take for (laughs) ever crisis yeah um just some uh some extended thoughts about ever crisis encapsulating before crisis and crisis core it could be whether it be a movie a series or actually a game it could like not not just retell everything or just be a remake but actually um kind of a retelling of the same um or similar events yeah but like compressed to the more important parts so that mm-hmm. that everyone uh, like knows what happens there it's kind of the complete backstory of Final Fantasy VII, I, th- I think seven years before it started, mm-hmm. seven or eight years before. I'm pretty sure it's seven. Some uh, something like that. I don't quite remember. I should. I I keep keep um, forgetting about certain dates and stuff from the the timeline. Mm-hmm. Even though I have the world preview with the whole timeline in there and scholar Lunais in our um, yes, in our community has also uh, created a huge Excel sheet. Which is even um, uh, contains even more um, like details and stuff than right. the one you find on livestream.net, I think. 
So there's a lot there, but yeah, my brain just can't hold everything if I, <laughs> I totally don't keep repeat repeating those things. I just uh, I have to keep looking those things up. Anyway, um, so crisis core, the actual core of the crisis is uh, the Nibelheim incident five years ago, exactly. and I think seven years ago is when when Zack gets um, or is still the second class, not first class, and mm -hmm. in the Wutai War. I think that's two years before, and before Crisis also starts, I think, seven years before. Because there's lots happening before the Nibelheim incident, and then we go through the Nibelheim incident, or at least the same time we exactly. uh, know that Cloud uh, goes there and came back from there, or didn't came back from there. And then I think it even ends shortly before uh, the main game, the, the original game starts, where they defeat Zirconiate in this weird dimension above Midgar mm -hmm. and the, when the dimension explodes I think it uh, also destroys Sector 6 or something like that. I don't, I don't remember the exact details. But it would be nice to like gather all of those events and happenings that are there into one thing. That would be yeah. pretty cool. But what I also forgot to, to say before Ever Crisis uh, not sure if uh, name is really pro appropriate, but if it's next installment in the compilation, it could be something uh, like the, the time after Dirge of Cerberus mm -hmm. until the time where Sephiroth and Aerith decided to quote-unquote go back in time to change things, that we actually know what happens there, what was the mot motivation for both to uh, change Oh, that's, change a, events, that's change interesting. Things. I like that. Yeah, because the thing is, um, many people talk about the uh, time loop and uh, go back in time, but it's actually a little bit of a misnomer, misnomer if we take uh, our current CCO theory about this as, um, as the premise, which is that the remake, the first game, happens completely in the memories of the live stream. So, this means that um, Sephiroth, who is, of course, in the live stream, has been since uh, five years before the original started. Mm -hmm. But in uh, kind of the negative part, the corrupt, corrupted part, Aerith is in the uncorrupted part. And okay. they also have more and more access to the memories. And mm -hmm. after time, or... Maybe, uh, I don't know who, probably Sephiroth um, discovers it first that he could actually take some memories that are, that are already committed to the live stream and change mm -hmm. something. Because he already has the connection to Cloud and therefore also the connection to it, the memory of Cloud and can then connect to this and start influencing the memories with. Uh, by influencing Cloud's thoughts there or uh, his behavior and thus change memories. Aerith being uh, etc. and being in tune with the planet also is able to connect to herself and therefore um, change the memories as well. But both have to fight against the Whispers because the Whispers or aka the planet's time police, let's say, need to keep this in check. Like the, the memories shouldn't be altered. Like 
you okay. also do, uh, wouldn't want someone else to alter your memories of the past because if you exactly. alter the memories you're become a different person because then you th think oh i've done this and this happened and uh, i know this person and i don't know this person now so you could completely change something so the planet doesn't want that but this is actually is, uh, exactly what we do and now the future mm -hmm. has been rewritten needs or, or the future needs to be uh, written again most of this can also be found in our latest video, with go, which is two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> with Secrets, uh, Game Analysis, episode 24. This is just uh, the short rundown of the, la uh, the last quarter or something with uh, the Wacko theory. Mm -hmm. So that's, this is for context, because it would be pretty cool to actually see what happens that neat yeah. that, that that prompts Sephiroth to go back because I, mm -hmm. I I have a few theories which will uh flow into future um videos about uh, Cloud and Sephiroth and this if if this uh I think and uh, the real anarchy and and I came up with that in uh in a chat in, in a CCO server mm -hmm. and if this turns out to be sort of accurate or the, the direction they go this will be nuts <laughs> but pretty cool but sephiroth says multiple times throughout as well like i will what does he say i'll never be a memory yeah or this something. is the last thing he says in edwin children yeah yeah so i think that he exists in people's memories and he is a manifestation mm -hmm. of the memory of what he is and was and for some mm -hmm. reason he I don't know, like he needs maybe to do something to be like come back, you know, to exist in reality again or something like that. Like he's anyway, we'll talk like we'll yeah. talk later about all that. Um, but because don't get me started, we'll have to sit yeah. here for another, another half mm -hmm. an hour. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. but for the first soldier, I definitely am getting Sephiroth backstory vibes as well. Mm -hmm. uh, people online were kind of talking on Twitter about, oh, you know, the first soldier was actually um, uh, Genesis. Mm, I I don't remember the timeline, the exact timeline, but no, just keep get Genesis out of everything. Please. But Genesis was a failed experiment essentially because he it wasn't one hundred percent successful. Because he degraded as time went by, mm. um, but Sephiroth is considered to be like a successful experiment with the Genova um, project. So I, for me, I take it as like Sephiroth backstory or some kind of a story about Sephiroth. It could be a prequel um, DLC, or mm. it could be, um, like I said, like a, a movie, uh, some kind of a something who knows it might not be anything it could be nothing it could literally be food which is what i wrote <laughs> i wrote <laughs> yeah, it on be, our podcast yeah. server in uh in the pub text yeah. channel nobody even laughed like nobody came back everybody's like i think it's this blah, blah, blah. and i was like yo i think it's food <laughs> no. and I then it was this. just like the text channel completely went silent and I'm like, oh god! Like I killed the text channel. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it's just like a Square Enix like licensed like food product. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm -hmm. like some kind of a cereal breakfast cereal or something. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just like, I here's my hot take: it's food. It's food. It's well, silent. Nobody says know, anything. 
The thing is, it's some you kind never of know food at the Square Enix yeah. Cafe. Yeah, you know, like who knows? They still gotta, they still gotta trademark that stuff, you know, so people can't steal it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, the Shinra company, uh, Shinra Electric company logo, maybe kind of a cookie or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, Shinra Square Power cookie. Electric Company. What about for merchandise? Like, if they want to sell this on like something i know they own the properties but maybe it could be maybe there are they are licensing like that to another company or they have to file mm. a trademark cuz they realize they didn't have one for the logo and there's another game that wants to use that maybe yeah right like what about obviously like all of this was all the final fantasy um content was added to smash bros maybe it's an update for smash bros it's more content maybe they want to use the shinra logo for some kind of a costume like who knows right like geez it could could be nothing it could be nothing that's the thing with the trademarks you never know for what exactly is used because usually they just trademark something they have an idea make want to make sure that nobody else is able to get first yeah so they trademark it and maybe nothing comes of it maybe 10 years down the line Mm -hmm. uh, you don't know but yeah, uh, Sephiroth backstory, which starts w- starts with his birth, maybe even a bit before, and then uh, uh, we get to play uh, as him being like five years old and uh, being stronger than everyone else, being ostracized or something like that. Uh, I I don't quite remember if he was always isolated or was mm-hmm. actually a- able to like grow up with a few other kids. I don't remember if that's been discussed anywhere officially. I'm not uh, sure. I don't think so. Because this would be pretty cool. And then just see him uh, grow up. And then actu- you actually level up and then you're like uh, one or two uh, um, years older and in another class and you learn new stuff. And I don't know. <laughs> just yeah. spitballing. I, it would be interesting to give him more depth, I guess. Like he's also, mm. he's already such a like powerful and like he's just a powerful and evil character and they did a good the og did a good job of just making like helping you understand why he's doing Mm. what he's doing and also you kind of feel bad for him like i felt bad for him you know when he's in the library and then he's like just kind of descending into madness and just yeah i was about to say that yeah (laughs) information that you get you're like oh my god like this guy is really messed up like i just feel bad like you know, and some other Final Fantasy like games in the series, like you don't get that. You don't get anything. It's just like not much now. They're just evil. You know, for Although being evil. Seymour, like Seymour did get a, a little bit of backstory. Yes, I'm not sure if it's op- I, mean, I think it's optional. I think when you go to Barge Temple or something. Exactly. Which uh, is where his mother and he got ex- expelled to because, yeah, child, a child from Guado and human, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Don't want to spoil FF10 too much, but... <laughs> um, but I would yeah. super be interested in that. Some people online said, ew, no, I don't want that. I don't want to know anything about Sephiroth because if they mess with it, they can ruin it and then I don't care about him as a character or as a villain anymore. Like, I just don't... And I respect that as well. I think that's that's an interesting take because he is the well, way that well, he is sure, inside yeah. of our minds and then all of a sudden, you know, he isn't the way that we thought he was and then people will be disappointed because it, a lot was left up to our own imagination and our own like thought that's, process that's one problem of, yeah like draw Definitely. the draw the uh, c- our own conclusions about 
his motivations mm-hmm. and like we are given a little bit but anyway people don't want it tampered with and i respect that and i understand that as mm-hmm. well so this is why the original worked so well you only heard about sephiroth and then uh you heard the cloud wanted to be like Sephiroth and went to mm-hmm. be a soldier. Then uh, yeah. his name got mentioned a few times. And yeah. Then you see his sword, but not him. Did you know? Oh, yes. okay. He just killed the president of the, the conglomeration we were oh after this whole time. Yeah. And yeah. then you, you you go after him. Cloud tells a story that, oh, he was well, uh, kind of cool Zolom guy. Gets, but... is like, and um... then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then the Midgar Solom, which completely decimates you. You have yeah. to, to flee with a chocobo, and then okay, Sephiroth just uh, made made a uh, spiked snake, yeah. snake. <laughs> impaled him, impaled snake, yeah, or impaled it on that, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh, like if he's that powerful, okay. and I can't yep. even defeat it, and I'm like continuously dying over and over again trying to. Then you see him the first time on the boat, and then you have to fight Genova, not even himself, and then it just goes from there. And Genova is also this kind of um, non-entity. You don't know much. You know a little bit when you uh, watch the tapes in Isaac Inn, but not Mm -hmm. much else. And that's that's where the imagination comes into play. And I, and I think this is also what um, worked so well from for, uh, for the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it called again? Like to, where the those guys are, like uh, researchers and stuff, uh, and people are on at the North Pole or something, and and suddenly there's a kind of a, an alien organism that can um, shape shift, shape shift into the um, other the thing. The thing, right, right, right. It's yeah, called the, exactly thing. the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. it's derived from that. It's John Carpenter, right? Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah, amazing. It's a good, it's like one of my favorite movie. movies. Yeah, it's really good. And Genova is, is I think, uh, this is a, an official quote or like officially acknowledge that Genova is kind of inspired by the thing. Ah, and okay. Sephiroth is inspired by uh, what's he called again? This this um, shark movie where you don't see Jaws? the shark. Jaws, right, right. Because you don't see Sephiroth from for a long time, which uh, generates this mystery and the the menace about uh, around him. But now, since apparently everyone knows Sephiroth already, so we have to mm-hmm. uh, shove him into every other scene in the remake. Some people were upset about that. I came to terms with it, but yeah, same. But I think there's a reason why, and I think it'll pay yeah. off in the future. Like for you sure, said, for sure. Everything we're talking about about the time loop is a thing, or maybe it's not. Maybe we're just, you know, thinking all of this stuff up, and yeah. everything that we're thinking up is just way more interesting than what Square Enix ends Most up likely. putting in the games. Which sometimes yeah. that's the case, right? Like, mm-hmm. but it's so cool to be able to just sit and speculate and actually brainstorm about these things, and then see if we're right or not when we actually play through the game, you know, and. We'll see what happens. But to me, I agree with you. Like for me, I took it as what it was. Like going into remake, I knew it wasn't going to be a copy of the original and I was okay with that. And I was open to receiving it for what it was and I appreciate it for what it was. And I didn't mind that we saw Mm. Sephiroth that much. I didn't really, I didn't care that much. Yeah, same here. I was intrigued because what is he making here? What what is he doing to Cloud? Why is he here? What's what's, uh, behind it? That's, uh, yeah, 
I think in in that case they succeeded in creating I think so. or generating more mystery and more mm -hmm. uh, like theory crafting or grounds for theory yeah. crafting like the original did. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, and I think that there's a lot more that we don't know that they're not telling us. Mm. Oh, um, definitely. For me, it was just when we saw him when he touched Aerith's shoulder, and then everything mm. kind of pauses, like it, like time just stops or something, mm -hmm. and then he's walking, and um, Cloud has to follow him. You know, and it's that was super powerful moment for me because I was like, okay, I should have Chapter seen the two hints was that awesome. he was probably AC um, Sephiroth coming back in time. I didn't get that yep. until after I had already talked or read online and talked to you about it and watched mm. Max Dude's videos and like Easy Allies uh, spoiler cast and all that stuff. So I had time to kind of unpack all that, but in the moment, I didn't. I was like, okay, why is he doing that? Like, I didn't get that. I, it wasn't like evident to me at the time that that was what was happening. But that's what I love. I love like figuring this stuff out after and you're like, oh my God, then you want to go back and replay it, which I, mm -hmm. I need to go back and replay this game again, right? Like beginning yes, to end, do. there's so much that I've missed. Unfortunately, I sold my PS4 to pay for a PS5 Aww. and I haven't been able to get a PS5 yet. So who knows when I'll actually get to finish playing mm -hmm. this. I mean, go back to it again because I already, sorry, I have to finish my hard playthrough. Anyway. I still need to do that too. I'm st still stuck in uh, chapter 13 mm -hmm. and I have, been busy with other games so i understand yeah. <laughs> all right so moving on to our next part here we're talking about definitive edition being announced in february so this was an article that was posted by um wccftech.com so they say that final fantasy 7 remake is making the jump to ps5 in the future and an announcement could be coming as early as next month in february uh resetera Forums member Navtra, who proved to be extremely reliable last year in regards to Final Fantasy 16 rumors, revealed that PlayStation 5 version of Final Fantasy 7 uh, Remake will be announced soon. And also, he also uh, revealed that Final Fantasy 14's uh, next expansion will be coming soon as well. So, what he said about the trademarks Ever Crisis and Mayhanet's uh, spinoffs, he said that. He doesn't really know that much. He said Ever Crisis sounds like it could be the umbrella name for the remake project going forward, but that's just a guess. You know, I think that this could be true. I think that potentially there could be an announcement in February that would, you know, let everybody know that the game's coming out for PS5 and other platforms as well because the exclusivity expires on mm. the day that the game came out, which was April 10th, right? So I see this, this kind of makes sense naturally in the process of like when they're going to start to advertise for this thing because, you know, it's the new year and April is pretty soon after, like February. They have to do it, start doing it soon. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get some more information about um, if there is a definitive edition coming or maybe it's just a PlayStation 5 slash Xbox Series X version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. We'll see what happens. I don't know what your take is. What do you think? There's not really much to add because there's a lot of maybes in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Final Fantasy XIV expansion announcement is pretty much a given, I guess, from what mm -hmm. I've heard. Yeah. And same. it's interesting that uh, they mentioned Life is Strange 3. Well, it's time because 2 has been out for a while now. Yeah. And this uh, other, um, like before the storm, I think it was mm -hmm. before. 
and I'm pretty sure they now have something else or even more of that in uh, in in a pipeline. Wouldn't know why not. Yeah. Uh, the PS5 version of the remake is a given at some point. Yeah. Because in the end, they want to want everyone to be able to play all parts on one console. I guess. Would, be, would only make sense, but yeah, I, I don't think we can say anything more than um, the last time we theorized about it mm-hmm. because there's not much more concrete information, more like yeah, maybe it could be I don't think I have to mm-hmm. add anything more than that <laughs> I think that that kind of leads into our next thing as well that we're talking about, which is the Final Fantasy 7 Orchestra World Tour has been cancelled. It was supposed to take place on February 12th and 13th in Tokyo. However, both dates have been cancelled until further notice due to the increasing COVID numbers in Japan, in Tokyo specifically. So I think that the Square Enix account, the Twitter account, sorry, said that they were looking into other options for continuing the performance, such as having a virtual concert without an audience. However, the performers, like the musicians, are performing in the venue, except that they sell a digital version of the ticket, um, and then you would be able to tune in at that time to be able to participate like in watching the concert. Instead of issuing uh, refunds for everybody, maybe they would open it up so that if you bought a ticket, you could confirm purchase for the ticket, and then they would just send you like a digital code for the um, like a virtual ticket to be able to watch. So we're still waiting for information on that. People online, especially on Twitter, were speculating that potentially we could get a trailer for definitive edition or something in february because it kind of aligns with what navtra had said about uh final fantasy 7 remake definitive edition being announced uh so and that this is february 12th and 13th so hmm, i don't know i feel like it would be a good time to kind of release a, a trailer announcing that it's coming to you know ps5 and and xbox series x and maybe announce a pc version of this game um i guess we'll see what happens but somebody online was saying they were asking like oh no like if this canceled with what do you think will happen i i think that they'll still announce it if they were they had planned on showing this thing at the orchestra performance i feel like they would still announce it for sure it might be just digitally on youtube or something like that i'm not sure but anyway we don't know it's all speculation right now but yeah i i can see them dropping something because it, it is in the, in the Final Fantasy VII Orchestra World Tour. Yes. And it's only around two months off when the exclusivity expires. Yeah. So it, it would make sense. This is, I think, the only, the only best bet or good bet we have currently. Yeah, I, can't I think so too. can see anything else that's, that's uh, beyond speculation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's been kind of a dry spell right now. We haven't got any more information about Final Fantasy 16. You know, mm-hmm. Remake came out and we haven't gotten anything. Just these trademarks mm-hmm. and like what we've been talking about already. Just pretty much rumors and speculations right now. And it does kind of, like you said, it kind of aligns with, you know, it's a few months before the exclusivity expires. So it would be a good time to kind of start that whole, you know, marketing um mm-hmm trail or whatever you want to call it like promotion right yeah kind of keep the remake in the conscious mind of the fans mm-hmm. and the people and the gamers 
Yep. And we did get, obviously, the Final Fantasy VII content that was added to the Switch, which kind of brings us to our next uh, part that we're talking about here was there was a leaked Nintendo document that shows Final Fantasy VII Remake releasing for the Switch. I put a clip of the <laughs> picture here. Apparently, it's it's fake. So somebody like typed this up, apparently. I don't know if it's 100% disproved yet, but it does say that there's supposed to be like a Nintendo Direct on January 11th, and that obviously didn't happen. So all we mm. got was we got um, Super Mario 3D World is being released for the Switch, sorry, and it comes with Bowser's Fury campaign, which is like a new campaign. Um, people online were disproving this based on the fact that there's spelling errors. Like, for example, they spelled the mm. word software without the E at the end. Yep, I noticed that too. <laughs> you know, but I, I just want to remind people as well that somebody posted the official script for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and there were things that were taken out last minute or something from the leak. And I also mm. picked this out because there was a grammatical error in there, and people were like, oh, this is, no, this is like the actual, the real script that, you know, it's been proven and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, but well, I'm just, you know, it's just funny that that is the reason why this is fake, but yet, like, <laughs> the leaked script for the game yeah. isn't fake because it has, like, grammatical errors or it has typos. Typos happen all the time. Somebody could have accidentally made a typo and didn't like edit this before sending it out so i don't know if like spelling errors is actually a reason to disprove something but anyway it is evidence but not proof yeah exactly (laughs) um so we talked about this on our last episode about final fantasy 7 and all the content that was released for smash bros okay so Mm -hmm. i think that it's quite possible that if they are releasing uh upgraded nintendo switch pro that they could port uh, remake to that console. It could be potentially an exclusive game for the Switch Pro that only uses that, you know, powerful hardware that will help sell that console, which was my thought process. But then I also thought that Nintendo wouldn't want to alienate its like its like millions of um, Switch users for base Switch users as well. So they could essentially do like a timed exclusive where if you wanted the upgraded version, like the PS4 Pro version of remake then they released it for the switch pro and then that came it came later as like with downgraded visuals to the base switch like kind of how they did with the witcher 3 which Mm -hmm. is crazy that they even have the witcher 3 on the switch like i I think that's insane and i think that if it's yeah i think if it's possible it's definitely possible for them to put the remake um on switch so and with all the content we got in smash bros eh, it could be you know it could be them testing the waters to see if there's interest there to even port it over. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I think that would be super cool. And I think that the possibility is quite high for them to actually release release the remake on uh, on the Switch after the exclusivity expires. It's pretty much fair game. And why not? Why wouldn't they want to market this game and sell more copies of this game? Exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, to gain back their money. But anyway, that's my thoughts. So... Uh, I think Unreal Engine, I'm not sure about version 4, I think version 4 also has a, a Nintendo Switch export uh, function. I'm not quite yeah. savvy in that part, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's pretty much a given that it's um, much easier nowadays to port to another um, platform when you're using Unreal Engine or, or something similar. Yeah, I think so too. And I read this online that there was something that people were saying. I remember because of the texture issue in the remake mm-hmm. on the PS4, uh, they were saying that it was built with Unreal Engine 3 or 
was that Unreal Engine 4 and then 5 is coming out? Anyway, apparently yeah, it's easier to... Yeah, 4 and 5 to, is coming out, yeah. It's easier to, like, port those for like, the new engine. So mm-hmm. they said, like, that's all I know is that there's it's a lot easier because you don't have to go back and, like, basically make everything from the ground up. You can just, like, port it over and it's a lot more easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could, like you said be it could be a breeze right like it could be with the new engine it's just like a few clicks and you're like oh here we go you know it's just done and that's that they don't have to really spend that much money on actually creating it from the ground up i guess um to to run on the switch would obviously cost a lot more money to be able to do that all right guys so that brings us to our next part of the episode this is our special ask anything episode so we on our Twitter account, we reached out to you, the uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake podcast community, for you guys to submit your questions for us to answer. And honestly, it, they could have been about anything at all. So here are the questions that we got, starting with number one. This question is from the real Kutakuma. So pick one weapon, one outfit, one hairstyle, and one ability from the entire Final Fantasy franchise. Extra challenge. They all can't be from the same game. Okay, so for me, I love Terra's hair from Final Fantasy VI. I just love the green, like that mint green color. Mm -hmm. And I'm not necessarily basing it on the style. I think it's super cute. And also um, her, the same thing when she kind of transforms into an Esper as well. Oh, right, the pink hair then, yeah. Her hair kind of goes like a white with a purple, which I think was so cool so that's my favorite one basically i know that there's a lot of cool hairstyles across the series but that one to me is just just most of the characters hair uh in six their hair is blonde like most of the characters so anyway i just thought that was a cool way to change for them to switch it up like her hair is mint green which i love pick one outfit this was really hard but honestly Final Fantasy 13 Lightning Returns had garbs, which were mm-hmm. outfits for lightning, and each outfit gave you different stats and had different abilities that were unlocked when you used her in battle. They did an amazing job designing all of these. I thought that they were incredible, and I love the dragon one, which is a purple suit of armor, and also there's one called Dark Knight. That's, it's like a black, shiny suit of armor. It looks I like it has yeah. horn, horns on it. And then they also did release the Final Fantasy VII uh related garbs as well so they had um Aerith's outfit for lightning and also cloud soldier outfit for lightning as well which i thought was super awesome because at the time i just wanted any final fantasy 7 content this was way <laughs> yeah. before like remake was released right so mm-hmm. i just thought they were so well done those were my favorite yeah my favorite outfits and so for my special ability I did pick Army of One from Final Fantasy 13. I know Final Fantasy 13 is highly underrated, people. Like, you need to play this game. It's really good. The story's a little convoluted. A lot of it is buried in data logs, but it's, if you take time to read it, it's super interesting. Like, it's a really well done JRPG. And Army of One is her ultimate ability, Lightnings. And I think that it's so cool because it was kind of, it was on the PS3 and it was like the first time where it was like, you just the ATB bar would just go to the all the way up and then you'd like use that ability and it's just like it's like a cutscene. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's just like (laughs) zipping around and it shows like, you know, her face like really close up and she's like holding her, you know, sword and she's just like 
like slashing them around in slow motion and it's just so cool i just i love that ability so that's i think my favorite ability across <laughs> all the final fantasies and i know i picked two from 13 but it's different games lightning returns and final fantasy 13 are two different games okay pick What's your one weapon? my pick one weapon oh <laughs> yeah. my god honestly i'm gonna say nail that <laughs> nail that <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to say nail that. I'm just oh, going to say it. I think it's so cool. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that that is, yeah. is a weapon. But there are like these insane nail bat builds out there where people just use nail bat the entire game and like didn't and they just like use it as damage output, right? Like and that's what they used for the whole game and there's like playthroughs where they show that on YouTube, people playing through the game with nail bat only. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Anyway, I think that's so cool. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I love it. I just love that there's a bat with nails in it and you're literally destroying, yep. you know, monsters <laughs> and enemies with it. And um, yeah, so. <laughs> what about you? Okay, so I didn't go for style or uh, really coolness or something i went for functionality <laughs> nice so first off barrett's missing score loaded up with eight maxed out knights oh of the round oh my god <laughs> because that's i think the, the most amount of ap you can get for the missing score and the missing scores damage is based on the ap on mm -hmm. the equipped material this is very strong okay then we yes. can just uh gobble uh like um, chuck down a few hero drinks and then get uh, super strong. But then, probably a bit controversial, but the exosuits from Final Fantasy XV, because mm. you can activate no damage whatsoever for, I think, 30 minutes or an hour. Nice. And then for the, the rest of the day, this ability is gone. But this, I like this that. Is in I think it's in-game. The, the in-game day-night cycle system, I think. Or actual time i don't remember yeah it's uh they they look super weird campy a little bit but yeah it's, it's i remember functional. when they were released and people saw screenshots and they were like oh it's like power rangers yeah. or something. Well, they had i think they had to change it a little bit because they were really too close to yeah. the uh the new power ranger that. suits in the movie yeah i think i used it i think i used them a few times against some really hard bosses mm, yeah they're Kind of cheater outfits, but whatever. yeah, yeah. But they were when you got to the lower depths of the dungeons, like the mm, yeah. What's the name of the anyway? I forget, but I haven't uh, played it so long ago. But there's a dungeon I like forget. it has yeah. so many levels. It's like the last one, not Pityos, but there's one before that. You have a bunch that you have to do like so many levels. Is really yeah difficult. with with the uh, kind of a, a cube pushing yes. maze. Uh, yeah. With a red giant in, in, in one yeah. room. Anyway, yeah. I use those because I had, I just, I was like, I don't care. I don't care if I'm cheating for 30 <laughs> minutes. Like, take no damage for 30 minutes. Yes, thank yeah, you very sure. much. <laughs> All right, then hairstyle, because it doesn't matter underneath the exosuit. All here's <laughs> hairstyle. It's short. It looks cool and doesn't get destroyed by the helmet. I love it. All right. And then for the ability, because we're about damage output, it's uh, Final Fantasy X-2's Gunner's Trigger Happy on level 3. Because uh. when you're really fast with the R1 trigger, and because Barrett's missing score, but loaded up with all Knights of the Round and Hero Drinks, 
is really, really strong. So max oh damage God. or maybe even overflow damage with each uh, hit. Mm -hmm. So it's complete mayhem. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I remember that, like casting Knights of the Round and I just like go get a snack and come back and it's still going. <laughs> okay, yeah, if you cast Knights of the Round, yeah. Yeah, yes. and there was like other things you could use as well so it repeats like multiple times right like multicast or whatever so uh w summon i think yeah. but quad magic didn't work i, I yes. think something <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> yeah i'm but surprised that you didn't say rude's hairstyle because he's like doesn't have any oh hair. right i i could i could have gone with that that's true but rude <laughs> is also five fantasy seven so basically i basically no, just rude in the living yeah flesh yeah <laughs> true <laughs> Also, it's 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 not a Final Fantasy title, so I could go for the extra challenge. That's yeah, why. exactly. <laughs> and Balthier is the, the the main hero hero of the story, as he yeah. always says, the main character protagonist. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my choice. All right. So our next question is: If you wanted to learn about any type of mythology or lore that appears in Final Fantasy VII, what would it be? And this is from MJ Gallagher. Who else? <laughs> <laughs> right? Perfect. Perfect for him. Thanks, Mo, for this one. Uh, I think <laughs> that for me, I know that obviously, like, you know, his novel is Norse mythology. So mm -hmm. I said possibly a connection to Greek mythology. Greek mythology is my favorite mythology. And I was kind of thinking in my head, like, <laughs> after I we, you know, got this question, I was just thinking if there was a way to be able to make a connection there, you know, with all the different gods and demigods and how we've got like Hercules and Zeus and you know what I mean? And how like Sephiroth is, Sephiroth is kind of a demigod, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because he's been infused with Genova cells and he's like, you know, super powerful, but he's still human, you know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like a demigod. And I was like, hmm, that would be interesting if, you know, if there was a connection there or you can make a connection there. For lore, I was thinking also just, you know, more lore about the Cetra uh, and Genova and the ancients were just kind of told things in passing throughout the story and it doesn't really go into depth and we're not, you know, there's nothing for us to read, even just, you know, letters or just documents or something that we pick up, even though I understand you want to be told these things in the story and you want to, like, you don't want to be just reading data logs like the entire time, but mm, you know, it would be cool if, like we had already said, if there was a prequel game that focused on this eventually or some kind of just just more lore there, because um, there's so much of the unknown that we don't know that I think is super intriguing and would be super interesting to to know. And what about you, Viz? What did you what did you think? Yeah, it's 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 about the same also, you know, etc. But also with a focus on the weapons creation of the weapons and the summons which all happened mm -hmm. there and now i just uh, had an idea what if we play if this was like this hypothetical um prequel game or uh, like genova game etc game what if we play as summons like as shiva and ifrit and whoever oh my gosh, and that would be take so place cool. in the, the battle against uh, genova and stuff yeah because apparently, as we've learned from the remake, Shiva was um, or is, is responsible for the whole North Continent being cast in ice. Yeah. 
in the, in the, the enemy intel. It says something mm-hmm. like this. I don't remember the exact words, but something like that. And that would be so cool. Some I don't remember who said that, but someone. Um, I think it was uh, in in some other podcast. I really can't remember. Like the reason why Gen- uh, Genova looks or has has this female body is mm-hmm. because uh, Shiva was the last one to take out Genova or seal away Genova, and uh, Genova was about to. Um, like take over Shiva or or uh, morph oh. into 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 Shiva or something like that. That's interesting. I did not know that. Kind of, kind of in this direction. This would also be pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Or maybe to try it. Or maybe Shiva was um, or kind of managed to subdue Shiva and then tried to uh, like act as Shiva and then with that with this deception. Uh, yeah, get rid of the whole Setra. That would be so cool. But then Shiva uh, comes back in with the help of whoever, and then they just go ham on Genova and seal her away. I don't know. Just something like that. And the weapons, we only know, yeah, the, the um, planets created the weapons, but they were needed in the end. And Crisis Core kind of established that with the help of sleep disease analysis and um, theory crafting that um, they're all kind of summons because of the red core they all share mm-hmm. and Minerva all, apparently is also something like that um, and uh, I think in the in one of Crisis cores not really an Ultimania but something like that just, uh, some official book about Crisis core says that Minerva is, um, I don't remember the, the exact words, but it's something like Minerva is kind of the boss over livestream or watches okay. over the livestream, but still um, does what the planet tells her to. Okay. Kind of like the planet's avatar or something like that. Oh, okay. Kind of like that, yeah. And may- maybe yeah, she I was, was uh, responsible for or yeah, guardian. That's kind of how uh, like what lightning ends up being at the end. Like she's oh right, the keeper yes, yes. of I forget what it's called now, but she ends up I've, I've turning too, into yeah. Etros, which was like the mm. she was the guardian of all things, right? Like, and then mm. that's where she reigned over, and that's I think that's where you start in Final Fantasy thirteen two. You see, anyways. Kind of in in uh, the the beginning, in thirteen two. Uh, she becomes the new guardian of Etro or champion of Etro, right? Yes, the champion exactly. of Etro. And I think I'm not I'm not sure if Etro is already dead by then. I think so. I think I think yeah. so. Yeah, or at least not within a realm of uh, existence or something. Yeah. And by the end, she is kind of the ultra ultimate goddess that creates the world anew with the mm-hmm. help of her friends. And harvesting all the souls yeah. and helping them move to the new world, right? Because exactly. Yeah, to... something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Which kind of ties into a theory I have about the future of the remake, but that's for another video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this was yeah. also about, like, when I was talking about um, Final Fantasy X potentially having a connection with Final Fantasy yeah. 7 so on Twitter I made a comment and uh oh right just yeah. just joking like comment and people like started posting links to um the livestream.net which was awesome 
Um, so I'm familiar with those and I read through those, but somebody had stated that, uh, you know, it's pe people were just saying that essentially like everything was destroyed on, on um, Spira, like the planet was just destroyed. And then they had to move like the far plane, everything eventually mm -hmm. becomes like the live yes. stream in Final Fantasy VII, essentially like and the mm -hmm. the weapons like transport everything there. And it's it's just some crazy theories, man. Like when you read that, you're like, what? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, super bet. interesting. Mm -hmm. It is. All right, something else about natural materia, like a bit more about materia and why and how it's. It... Mm -hmm. It is created, or it it's it appears, and how it's um, like harvested and used. We get a glimpse of that in the original, where Sephiroth uh, tells the group in the Nibelheim flashback that there are natural sources, right? Like this weird uh, tree trunk or something like that, oh. which uh, died, and from from there, or kind of a spring, some material spring of sorts. Okay. Cool. Is there well while they're going through uh, Mount Nebel, like after they they um, fall down when the the bridge gives away? Oh right, yeah. It's there. There's not much other than that, and we also get to pick up material elsewhere around the world, and mostly it's also where you would kind of expect. Uh, material to be, to be, especially in the northern crater or north northern cave, like the last dungeon. There are a few parts where it makes sense that there that there would be naturally mm -hmm. created material. Also, maybe huge material, natural huge material, not by reactors, but natural. I kind of expand on this this mm -hmm. world, this uh, like where everything comes from, etc. Material, weapons, summons. Genova, like just the, the, the source of everything That'd as be cool. uh, Aerith says <laughs> yeah alright guys so moving on to the next question it says with the reveal of Ever Crisis would you rather have a Crisis Core remake or a new game based on Zack and this was Geeks World Gaming so for me we talked a lot about this at the beginning of the episode mm -hmm. <laughs> I we don't know what Ever Crisis is, so, like, you know, we're just assuming that it is a game. If it is a game, I think it would be cool if it was before Crisis and Crisis Core uh, bundled together and retold in more in-depth and, like, potentially with events that don't happen exactly the same as the originals to fit into what they're trying to go with with the remake. Mm. Um, and the subsequent parts of the remake and the story they're trying to tell, which is obviously there's something going on, like a time loop. Aerith is going back through time. It continues over and over again. I'm not sure what they would be able to do, but I would be super interested in that because we didn't get before a crisis here in North America, right? It was a mobile game. I don't want to. I don't want a one-to-one -one remake of Crisis Core, but I would be down no. for something like the Crisis Core and Before Crisis bundled together, getting the remake treatment like we got for Part One of the remake. That's what I think. I'm down for an absolutely new game based on Zack. I just don't know if we're going to get a Zack-only game Yeah. of the events that happen after the end of Remake and what we see, spoiler alert, at the end of Remake where he's alive 
and he's helping Cloud. Like, I just don't see them releasing a game based solely on, okay, what are the events that happen after the end in that timeline of Zack being alive now and everything that he does between then and the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake? I just don't see that happening. I just, I just don't see it. Do you? Like, what do you think? <laughs> I don't think so. Not, not, not a completely separate game. I don't think so. It is. It would be too detached and too focused on just one character. It makes more sense, as we uh, discussed before, to like interject sex side. Like what? Yes. Yeah. What what happens on 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 the other side? Because. It seems that the planet has plans with Zack, kind of like a, a failsafe, since the Whispers are no more, that mm -hmm. there's someone else, another agent that the planet has to kind of make sure that uh, Sephiroth doesn't reach his goal if the, the group fails or something. Yeah. Yeah, just, just to add that um, I usually prefer a new game because this is a new, that's a new experience. Usually new gameplay elements, so just something new to experience, not just retreading the same uh, paths and uh, footprints again and again and again. Yeah. And yeah, I know we didn't get to play officially the uh, Before Crisis game, which is a shame. And Crisis Core is so far only available on the PSP, which uh, is hard to get mm -hmm. nowadays. Um, but for that, I must say, Emulators exist, mm -hmm. but still, it yeah would be cool. But in the end, new games um, take the cake in my book. Mm -hmm. All right. So our next question comes from John Ron Two Thousand. So, mm. do you subscribe to Seth and Aerith are influencing the past theory, the theory that everything must be repeating but with variations? The theory that there are parallel timelines only linked by the whispers, or something else entirely. You can go first. <laughs> well, just watch our latest <laughs> Aerith Secrets analysis video, and then you know what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Hop on yeah, over I, to I, our YouTube uh, channel, Cosmic yeah. Observatory. Don't forget to hit the notification bell at the bottom of the video. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Now, I, I talked about it uh, too long, didn't watch uh, summary. So uh, if there's some parallel, it is between the reality and live stream memory. And there's also a kind of an argument to be made that there's, there might, might be something parallel going on between the pure live stream or mm -hmm. the uncorrupted live stream and the right. corrupted live stream. Is something I will incorporate into future videos, but like general time travel, no. Usual yeah. like multiverse and par parallel timelines, like normal time time travel movies, no. Um, they influence the past, yes. Like within like the, the live streams, past memories, yes. Repeating, but with variations, yes. It's also part of uh, the Aerith Secrets uh, theory mm -hmm. video with um, that she goes back to change things multiple times. Because, yeah, she just can't just go back and start 
a journey and then uh, make errors and being reset by the whispers and then, okay, well, didn't work out. Let's go home. Nope. She tries again, yeah. tries again, tries again. Yeah. But I, <clears throat> I go into detail, or at least Kutakuma goes into detail <laughs> because he's our new voice yeah. of the CCO in, in the video. That's, I think that's about it, yeah. I've already stated for me, I think that like what you said, you're hinting at like a time loop or something. I yeah. am definitely subscribing to that idea. I don't know if there's parallel timelines. I, I just, there, I just don't know. Like I just, I'm not able to kind of make that conclusion. I thought that in the beginning, but now that we talked about it more, I'm starting to think, no, like I, it might be Same. an infinite loop or like the other idea that you brought up was that this like remake is just happening in the live stream as a memory. Yep. It's, it's not even real Midgar. It's a memory. Exactly. And there's something that's happening that Sephiroth needs something from this memory. I, I don't know. I ugh, like my brain my brain is hurting trying yeah. to, <laughs> to figure this out because there's no figuring it out, right? Like it's, it's kind of like when you think about our universe, like as human beings and we live mm -hmm. on a planet that's like floating through nothingness and how that is, like, how does that exist? It's like that, what is it called? Is it like an existential crisis when you just mm, don't, yeah, when you, you just don't exactly. even know how you exist like how it's how we're the only ones how, on this planet alive why and how where like why yeah. where are we going <laughs> what is the purpose of all things like that's how yeah. i feel about talking about this because i just <laughs> don't of, yeah. know and i feel like my brain is just i just can't i don't even know like because we don't know and it could be anything i just can't wait to see what it is i just yeah. can't wait to see what it is because i feel like our minds are just going to be absolutely blown even more than they are right now Fingers crossed, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, Square Enix fails and crashes and burns, like, hope, terribly, hope and it's just so <laughs> ridiculous and it's terrible. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know, but I'm just looking forward to finding out what it is. So I'm subscribing to, like, all the theories right now. I just don't know about <laughs> parallel timeline. I thought that in, in the beginning, but I don't think that anymore. Yeah. Well... I think you just haven't gotten Nomura yet. <laughs> <laughs> you oh need... God! Yeah, like 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 in, uh, in that in, sounds in, painful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like like in uh, fr uh, when Kingdom Hearts three wasn't out yet, and the trailers came out, especially the one where you saw Aqua with the yellow eyes. Oh, she got norted! Ah, and all the fans <laughs> go. Ah. It's kind of you need to, to be Nomura at first because otherwise you can't get into the headspace of the theory. It could be anything though. Realities. We know like yeah, it could we be, all yeah. know Nomura, okay? It could be literally <laughs> anything. It could be anything. Yep. Like the guy wanted Final Fantasy thirteen versus thirteen to be a musical. Yep. <laughs> like he wanted it to be a musical, yeah. a video game that was a musical. It could be anything, guys. Like, come on. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we kind of had something like this. It wasn't really a musical, but cloud dancing. Come on. <laughs> Nobody could have predicted that. Nobody. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, <laughs> it was that was awesome. perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. It was so good. All right, guys. So moving on to our next question here. 
uh, from Tyler. So he says, why are you both such wonderful individuals? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> describe your perfect date. That was his real question. Yep. So <laughs> for me, um, honestly, just I think hanging out, uh, doing things that we both enjoy, talking about our interests, you know, maybe have a game night. I'm just big into playing video games with other people. I love it. I just, mm -hmm. I love it so much. Just, you it's know. Great. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's changed so much. Unfortunately, like, you know, back in the day when we had, you know, like, just uh, couch co-op games where we mm -hmm. can play together and the console had two controllers that plugged in together. You sit on the couch. Like, that's where a lot of my um, memories and bonding with my friends and stuff really took place. And Same, yeah. I really miss that um, element to you. It, obviously, it's still possible with certain games, but I just feel like now everything is more focused on being online, and I do miss that, like, yeah. sitting in the same room, playing games together. But um, I do do that on occasion, and I think that would be my perfect date. Just, like, taking turns playing a game and p experiencing it together. Um, mm -hmm. And exactly. just nerding out is just my, yeah, my dream date. So what about you? <laughs> Kind of similar. I think the most, most important thing is just having a great time together and exchanging experiences, mm -hmm. ideas, kind of to know more about each other. And, and as you said, or alluded to, uh, enjoying co cooperative or competitive activities. Could be a game, <laughs> could be like a, a physical game outdoors or just yes. running, uh, see who's, who can run the fastest, jump the highest. <laughs> doesn't really matter uh, just something that you can do together mm -hmm. and yeah and hopefully it is uh, leads to the desire to meet again yeah soon and then spend more time together learn more about each other mm -hmm. and then just growing grow, growing closer and then it automatically happens this is uh, kind of perfect yeah. natural evolution or not evolution but uh creation of uh a relationship yeah yeah exactly like i i obviously you know enjoy going to restaurants when we could actually do that before yes. like, the pandemic and everything <laughs> but you know like that's part that's just part of um a very like larger um aspect of dating it's not just that mm. you know it's like it's nice to go have drinks and have food together like nice food and then talk about things um and then just being cooked together you know yeah go for a walk together you know mm -hmm. like yep. um take take them to your favorite part of your city where you live like a special place that's special to mm -hmm. you and show each other those things and, yes exactly you know yeah all right so thou art john asks us how did you both meet and come up with the idea to start the podcast so i was the one that actually um reached out to viz because I subscribed to your YouTube channel, Viz, and I was a fan. I still mm -hmm. am. I still am your fan. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> but I was following a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake content creators on YouTube um, years before the game came out, obviously. And I was super motivated to, like, I, I thought that I wanted to create a podcast exclusively about Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy VII because there wasn't one at the time. And I thought that, you know, I love this game. It's my all-time favorite game. And I just wanted to sit down and chat with other people that, you know, are as, what is the adjective I'm trying to say? Enth enthusiastic? 
Maybe. Yeah, like to talk to other people who are just as enthusiastic as I am about this game and love it and cherish it and, uh, you know, to really just kind of shed a light also on like content creators in this universe in the Final Fantasy VII community and um, and also like take part in it and kind of give, you know, my own kind of take on things and just have you know what i mean like create my own content as well but it's a different medium like we described on our first few episodes where it's audio only Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of people just listen to podcasts they don't you know watch youtube videos of podcasts but it's it's nice that it's a different medium so we can reach you know a different kind of audience as well because there are people out there that don't have time to watch youtube and don't have time to you know kind of look for different things to you know that they have interest in, in in video games basically like other than a few things you know what i mean people are busy and that sort of thing so i thought it would be a good idea to kind of um to create something in a different medium like a podcast and obviously i reached out mm-hmm. to viz on reddit and you uh actually reached out to you on facebook first but your facebook account uh you were like oh sorry i and then i reached out to you on reddit actually after because i i wrote you and you didn't write me back so then then i was like oh god like who am I? Like I don't have <laughs> I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't have like these things that you have. And I thought about it for a while before reaching out to you to see. I'm like, well, he's gonna be like, who is this person? Um, but then finally I, I just did it on Reddit and you're super receptive and open and was like, Yeah, I think that would be great. And um pretty much we started and the rest is history. So <laughs> there mm. you go. And it's also very interesting that uh, we share or we have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Like uh, just uh, not quite the looks, but kind of the, this this r- route. <laughs> yeah. Like the Final Fantasy VII route, not the route, the adjective. <laughs> yes, exactly. Rude appearance, kind of, or can can be, and interest in music, and yeah. uh, in in games, in the Final Fantasy, in uh, kind of how we approach things a little mm-hmm. bit too. So it's, yeah. yeah. Not quite a match made in heaven, but close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Viz. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close, yeah. <laughs> a match made in the live stream? Oh, wow. Now you're onto something. Wow. <laughs> All right, guys. So moving on to our next question here. And it says, if you could choose Final Fantasy VII Remake as a completely different genre, for example, roguelike, Metroidvania, first-person RPG, etc., what would you like to see? So, uh, and this question is from Pim Vanderwell. Okay, so for me, I said this in a previous episode. I think that creating a MOBA, <laughs> <laughs> that is just as good as, as Dota 2 would be amazing. And if they're able to do that with Final Fantasy VII, um, like Final Fantasy VII Remake, or Final Fantasy VII, like in general, that would be so cool. I think it's possible if they open it up and they just do a general Final Fantasy uh, MOBA, like across cool, the board, yeah. and just and you're controlling the characters. It's a bird's eye view of the characters, kind of like um, like Heroes of the Storm, but better. So more complex, more rewarding. Like if you understand the items, and the items are like weapons from specific characters in this series, and you can choose you know, your hero, you have an ultimate ability, you have, I think it's so doable. And it's just a map. And the map can change. It could be like, the map is Shinra HQ, you know, but it's like, 
you have to go to like it's you're battling in Shinra HQ one side to the other like and you're maybe something I'm not sure I try to think of of time I have but in Dota it's like you're destroying it's like the crystal right like you have the fountain like you destroy that part of your enemy's base then you win so they'd have to take it like maybe it's a crystal maybe it's um a reactor you know like maybe it's Mm -hmm. something anyway I think that would be so cool um and I know that they have a uh, like a card game as well, but I would I want like I would be so down for a digital version of a card game like Hearthstone, but Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. And I know that they have um, Triple Triad. I know there's Triple Triad, but I I mean like not Triple Triad, not just Triple Triad, like an actual all over like Final Fantasy card game that's like um, Hearthstone. Uh, there is already uh, a Final Fantasy card uh, co- uh, collector's card game, kind of. I never bought cards myself. But yes. I- I'm I'm not quite sure how it works. Same. I, I know that there it. are cards. Like I I I'm pretty mm. sure. Yeah, like you said, there's a there's definitely a card game, but I just would like to see it, a digital version of it, like Hearthstone, mm. where you know you have expansions and it's kind of like magic like magic the gathering right, but right, in hearthstone yeah. maybe but it's it's on an app on your phone that would be so cool i just i'm so into that i was really into hearthstone and i bought expansions and i spent money on decks and blah blah, blah and i got really into it i haven't played it in a while to be honest with you like years because mm. i there was just so many expansions it was a lot and i was spending too much money on it and i had to stop and it's like <laughs> one of those games that never ends but I, I would yeah. be down for a Final Fantasy one. I would be down. It would be, I would be super interested in that. Absolutely. If they did, they did like a digital version that they really fleshed it out. And um, I think that would be so cool. So the first thought is point and click adventure. Mostly because this is a genre that is dying. Mm-hmm. There's not many around. Like, yeah, there's uh, The Walking Dead and Life is Strange and I think others. But this is not quite the same. Yeah. Like uh, those old school point and click adventures were really cool. Like uh, sometimes they really incorporated so many difficult puzzles and uh, you had to think about a lot of things. Like, How do I achieve this? How do I get inside there? How do I uh, solve this puzzle? Mm-hmm. And you had to combine different items. Like uh, Monkey's Island was. Uh, one, I, I think there's, there are so many. Yeah. Days of the Tentacle. Uh, what else? There are a lot. There, there are also more recent ones, like so, some uh, indie titles, like uh, Deponia something. I did, already have, I think, four games. Um, there's another one from Germany. I forgot, forgot mm-hmm. the name of. Uh, oh, right. There's also... Um, f- uh, Franbo, a fr- uh, Franbo. Okay, maybe you've heard of it. It's also pretty, pretty cool one, which a lot of um, notable YouTubers played. It has a really good story, um, really good art style too. But it's yeah, it's more in the in the indie industry, but not AAA, and kind of like a, a, a triple a spin on a point and click adventure if this is even possible would be really cool it's and, it, and i think it would work with final fantasy 7 because 
it is mostly focused on story and characters and lore and yeah. also mini games and some riddles and stuff and the battle system while yeah it's cool and material and, and, and everything but it's not the core of the game i think so it could mm -hmm. work in that way and you could uh, use material for uh riddles puzzles maybe even some very rudimentary uh, fights occasionally like in um indiana jones like the the third movie got a point and click adventure and there was uh, a new exclusive right. uh, story i think uh how was it called again i forget how it's called but you also had a few battles like you had uh, um i think a high middle and low punch or something like that and you had to like punch the 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 enemy where he wasn't or she wasn't blocking you could also block uh, up middle and, and lower but there was also the insert key you could press and then he uh indie just um wound up like for a second and just a knockout punch every time this was like right. a cheater punch <laughs> for those who didn't want to or couldn't uh, do the fights kind of like like that i wouldn't even mind if it was kind of a pixel art style or something just oh that would be so cool yeah. just point and click adventure yeah i love octopath traveler's style by the way and i would love oh, yeah. to see it potentially be like a pixel art kind of like rpg like that with um 3d depth to it um mm -hmm. that was super cool i thought it was a really great game um on the switch i loved it and as we were talking like as you were talking about um point and click adventure i was just thinking also diablo series mm, so right, potentially right. having if not maybe a moba instead you are playing remake but as like a top down rpg <laughs> mm -hmm. like sure, diablo right so the you know you have to infiltrate the uh, shinra headquarters but it's top down so like the you're fighting and you're shooting or whatever like fighting against the uh shinra you know soldiers or shinra mm. grunts or whatever and they're small like they're you know what i mean when you're looking mm -hmm. down right like in diablo that would be so cool i think it would give it a different completely different vibe um oh for sure yeah yeah anyway Maybe Ever Crisis is such a game. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so cool! Like in, like Diablo, like a top-down like mm. RPG, but it would Isometric. also it could also be like a uh, top-down like um, a strategy, strategy game. game. Yeah. yeah, like um, what is it called? The uh, there's a new strategy game uh, based on that. It's a Microsoft series for Gears of War. There's Gears of War Tactics actually mm. that was released, and I tried it. I played it because I had um xbox game pass for pc because i have a gaming pc so um i did the trial it was like i think um a dollar for three months or something like that just to try it and i kind of got into it it was quite good actually and that would be awesome like i could see them doing something like that absolutely and when was the last tactics game that we got like a spin-off tactics game like that like i don't remember like none like we haven't gotten any for any of the series in such a long time so yeah um War of the Lions and yep, War of Lions right. A2 or something like that was D DS, I think. Mm -hmm. Or a Vita? I don't remember. Just a handheld. Imagine. That would be cool. All right. So moving on to our next question. 
Was there a singular moment, event, character that made you fall in love with Final Fantasy VII? And if so, what was it? And this is from Peeps Nibbles or Joe. Thank you so much, Joe. So for me, uh, it means so much to me now because of like how, like what I was doing at the time, what I was experiencing, where I was in my life. It's just like a combination of things, right? So it was, I was young when I first tried it out. I didn't know what game it actually was because I didn't have a PlayStation. I only had Nintendo consoles. So it was like a special game that I played with my friends when I would have sleepovers at their house or I would go to their house after school and they would be playing it. I would be watching them and trying it. And I thought it was super cool. But then like I said before, I didn't actually know what game it was. Like, I didn't understand that, um, I guess, that it was actually an RPG and what that was because I was so busy playing platformers on my Nintendo console. So, <laughs> yep. you know, like, and and yes, they had Super Mar- like Mario RPG. And I played that when it first came out, but it was too hard for me. Like, I was just really bad at it and I just didn't really enjoy it. But Final Fantasy VII was like, I love the story. I love the characters. I love the fact that the story was not afraid to uh, go there, you know? Like, it was pushing mm. the boundaries for its time, you know? Like, cross-dressing, um, you know, <laughs> was not yeah. basically socially Eco-terrorist. acceptable or something that we would talk about at that time, you know? Like, I'm sure some people were, you know, I lived in a rural community. I didn't live in a city where most of these things are more accepted and that sort of thing. And, you know, it kind of made me feel more accepted in my own world uh let alone you know like just playing through it with a friend and then experiencing Mm. that with them was something special and you know just there's so much i love the darkness of the story i love that it's just you know pushing the boundaries of what was acceptable in society and it really went there and it wasn't afraid to do it you know but Mm. also what do we say like quirky i guess super quirky the story was weird things happen like i talked at times yeah you know like kind of made you laugh but also Mm. uncomfortably laugh too like uh, what (laughs) happened like you know what i mean like cringy moments i guess that's what we call it now cringy Mm. story so quirky is what we called it back in the day when i was a kid so that was like you know decades ago so y'all you call it cringy now um i'm really dating myself here now uh but yeah, yeah so anyway just and and the music and the music for me like I, I don't know. I, I just, I think that it's probably the best Final Fantasy soundtrack out of all of them. I love all the music in all the Final Fantasies. Um, but for me, it's just really spoke to me. But of course, it was my, I was going through things in my life. And that's, you know, my, it was like my escape as well. So it just has a special place in my heart. And it's, it's just my favorite. And I can't really pick one character or one moment you know, because there were so many. So mm. like the characters mean so much to me. And I resonated with all the characters because a lot of them have flawed backgrounds. They have things that happen to them, you know, that affects who they become in the story, like as characters, you know, like Tifa's dad dying and, you know, how she bounced back from that. And now she, you know, has a bar and she's like fighting for what she believes in with her best friends. and. um anyway yeah that's pretty much it yeah it's kind of similar with me because i just wasn't able to pinpoint a singular moment event or character that's actually made me fall in love with the game i think it's more more the game itself because like you at the time i was only playing uh platformers on nintendo consoles and rayman on uh, playstation 2 (laughs) 
Looks nice. The PlayStation 2, but PlayStation, comma, 2, T-O-O. <laughs> I played those uh, Disney platformers like Aladdin mm -hmm. and Lion King yeah. a lot. I played Rayman on the, on the PC and on the first PlayStation a lot. And NASC the NASCAR 1898 uh, game I played a lot with friends too. Like racing games, but RPGs. Those this genre was completely alien to me. Maybe a few uh, action adventures too. I think I played the first uh, Tomb. No, I, no, I don't think I played Tomb Raider before. I played Tomb Raider after because I had the, the, the choice between Tomb Raider and Final Fantasy VII, and I chose Final Fantasy VII. I've yeah, you can listen to our very first episode where we talk about mm -hmm. our uh, beginnings. Um. Since it was so novel, I had no idea what to expect, what this was, what this ATB was. Oh, hey, I can I cannot press anything. I, I have to wait until I'm hit and then until the bar is, is up and then I can uh, select uh, the attack and it, uh, the character attacks on its own and not I press X and, and he attacks. Mm -hmm. It was so weird. But... But then it was, it's so intricate. It has a battle system where you can run around, you can talk to people, you can, um, mm -hmm. it has mini games. It's, you can uh, pick up items all around the place. You have a, a menu system, a material system, equipment, and f especially the characters, the lovely characters, the, those interactions. And every character was completely different. They had their own backstory and story itself, lore. And it was just a completely new world mm -hmm. for me. And I think this this feeling, this uh, novelty, was what captivated me. Yeah, because it's so so dif so difficult to choose a character or choose an event. Maybe it would have been uh, Aerith's uh, death, but mm -hmm. this was spoiled to me for, uh, by a strategy guide. I already talked about this. Oh yeah, probably the first episode. I don't remember. Um. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's weird. And it's also doing the game a disservice to choose something, yeah. a specific thing that uh, like made me fall in love with it. And I ha I'd have to admit that I love the game because of this specific thing, and which is not true. I love the whole mm -hmm. the entirety of the game for what it is, for its faults and uh, both of uh, faults and what it does right, like mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, I agree. I, with I think you. this it it's I think this is also the reason why this part seven or the, the, the seventh game is the one that's in uh, in the hearts of the most people. Because it was uh, I think the first that mm -hmm. got like white uh um kind of publicity and was in the con consciousness of many people. And it had a break, a groundbreaking graphics at the time. Yeah. It was on the PlayStation, which was uh, the, the new thing. And yeah, it brought in so many people. I just remember cutscenes were like videos, but they, it, they didn't call yeah, it cutscenes. Exactly. It was just like my friends were like, I got a PlayStation and it plays movies like in the yeah. middle of a game. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't called a cutscene. There was no term for it. And I was like, what do you mean a movie in the middle of a game? Like, why would I want to see a movie like in the middle of a game? I'm like, my Nintendo <laughs> console is fine, right? Like, there's no, yeah, yeah. there was no cutscenes. That's the thing. And then I saw it for the first time and it was with Final Fantasy VII. And I was like, mm. 
True. Oh my god. Also, Even though it was like rendered, pre-rendered, and then put in as a video, yeah, so obviously sure. the console just plays a video f- file mm. at that time when you're playing it, but I never knew that. I, I just thought that I was like, this was the most incredible thing that I've ever seen. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And that changed games forever. I mean, look, they still put cutscenes in games to this day. You know, and how many years are we in the future now from when the game came out? Like, it's just groundbreaking for its time. And I think one thing you're, you're scratching a, a certain itch here, because even in the, in the first hour of gameplay, not even hour, maybe 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You have this opening cinematic, and it seamlessly transitions into gameplay. Yes, exactly. And then you have like uh, five minutes later this uh, seamless transition to this uh, camera angle where cloud kind of awkwardly moves around the screen, but the camera moves in a way that you see up the up the, the uh, Mako reactor, this huge thing you're gonna mm-hmm. infiltrate now, which they in my opinion, perfectly replicated in, in the remake. It was so awesome, this, yeah. part, this part. I think subconsciously this was something novel, something that was really, really great. Like this this cinematic experience in this very limited uh, technology still. Pre-rendered backgrounds with uh, some low-poly yeah. uh, 3D meshes running around the place. I think it's... It was that this, the seamless transitions uh, for some and uh, this, the cinematic qualities of many of those, especially also when, when you um, run away from the soldiers or from, from the, uh, the grunts or the infantrymen, when a cloud jumps onto the train, this is mm-hmm. also pretty seamless. It's, it's just uh, so good. I think it's, it was this uh, novelty, this uh, like so many new things, not just, oh, it's an RPG, oh, it has... Uh, different graphics. Oh, it has pre-rendered backgrounds. Oh, it has movies in it. It was everything. It was everything, everything. was new. And the music. Completely. Yes. Oh, for sure. The music. Yeah. <laughs> just like everything. It just was. Yeah. yeah. It's. Yeah. All right. So on to our next question. Uh, this question is from Coffee Amanqua. All right. So um, any unique twists? you hope are added to the Final Fantasy VII Remake project, like Tifa dying instead of Aerith. Not that I'm suggesting such a thing, but it's an example. Or a war arc in Wutai. Anyways, keep up the good work on the podcast. Thank you so much Thank for you. your question. We appreciate that. Thanks for supporting us. So I've talked about this in a previous episode. It could be that I think that they could potentially flesh out the story and go back more into the background of the war in Wutai. And maybe mm-hmm. when they get to Wutai, there are like war apologists or something where people still are angry and they still want to fight and they aren't happy with how things went and they're not happy with Avalanche. And I think you're going to get some pushback from the general public, whether that's NPC or, you know, side quest wise i'm not sure but i think that would be we'd get more lore there and more um like story elements from that and i think that would be super cool and as for you know tifa dying instead of Aerith, i just i think that Aerith is definitely going to die i just don't mm-hmm. know if she's yep. going to die in the same way or if it's going to be that iconic scene i just Part of me tells me they're going to keep it exactly the same because otherwise it'll be the outcry of the community and people would be super disappointed and be raging online and potentially like cancel it, like cancel the game because <laughs> yeah. of it. 
or they could change it where it happens but it happens differently or it happens at a different time because the fact that Aerith, if this is true what we're talking about where Aerith is in a time loop she's going back multiple times she knows when she dies she knows how she dies you mm. know and i think that she could use that to her advantage where she might cheat yep. death but she knows that she has to die or the story doesn't continue the way that we know and doesn't end the way that we know even though the mm -hmm. ending of the remake we don't actually know what's gonna how it's gonna end even though yes we know how the og ends but it could be where the iconic scene is different and she doesn't die exactly it could be where they show it where it does she does like everybody thinks that she's gonna die but she mm -hmm. doesn't she ends up living but it does show exactly what happens where she gets you know what i mean like she gets stabbed mm -hmm. in the back oh my gosh like everything it's so sad and everything but it could be where she ends up surviving so we go through the whole thing and then we find out later maybe she survived i don't i don't know anyways <laughs> i think they're gonna play with us a little bit and i think that sure. they're not gonna give us a one-to-one experience for that scene because they don't want the game to be the exact copy of the original so who knows what they're going to do mm. i don't see Ta i don't see tifa dying instead of Aerith. no nope. i don't i don't i don't know why i just don't see i just don't see that i don't see like another character dying so another one lives or i don't know i don't i don't think so i think then you'll looks... have tifa fans raging like no matter yeah. what everybody's gonna rage it's not gonna yeah, be exactly sure. what people <laughs> want true. anyway it doesn't matter what they That's do a given it doesn't matter yeah. what they do. People are going to rage. People are, people are going to hate it. People are going to love it. Who knows? I'm open to anything at this point. I just want the next part right now. I just want to play it. That's <laughs> it. That's it for me. But what do you think? <laughs> My only problem with Tifa dying is it was, this, this would change the story rather drastically, I guess. Yeah. Because if, if you just switch those around and the story goes more or less the same, it would kind of be a complete disservice to to the characters and, and the story itself, because then it's, it doesn't really matter what you do. It plays out the same and it's just everyone is interchangeable and this doesn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. So I can't see this happening. But there are other things. Um, like you said, an extended uh, Wutai arc, which isn't really a twist it's, uh, in itself, but maybe there's something like, in the original, we only see Wutai after the war, what it has become. It's a tourist mm -hmm. extraction, nothing more. Yuffie hates her dad because he's given in and she wants, still wants to fight and bring Wutai back to glory. But if maybe in this, in this whole Wutai and Yuffie arc, something happens, maybe even uh, Godo, her father, like wakes up and tries to get uh, Wutai back. Oh, okay back up and maybe gathers troops, gathers sympathizers. Um, and we also know that uh, Avalanche is still there, like the OG Avalanche, not OG in the sense of mm -hmm. the OG game, but the original Avalanche, which uh, apparently was no more in the original canon. But in this new canon, it, there's, they some, somehow survived or are still there. Um, but then, Well, it's. It, I don't quite remember if. I guess they are. Kind of already working together, or at least it seems like that. Mm -hmm. At least, that, or that, that that's what Biggs tells us, that they apparently uh, promised Wu Tai all the material in the world, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So there is something going on, but that Wu Tai fights back. Like, 
let's say, I, I think we talked about this in earlier uh, episodes, I'll, I'll uh, keep this brief, but after we got a get cloud back and we have the high wind, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's optional, maybe it's um, mandatory, but there could be like an actual fallout war that yeah. Wudai tries to like get its, um, its honor back and push back Shinra, or maybe Shinra wants to do more there and actually yeah. uh, get the reactor going and they uh, fight back, something like that. Just to also give Yuffie more of an arc or a different arc, another mm -hmm. one. And give I like that Utai more, more significance. Yeah, I think this especially, would be a... Sorry? Yeah, especially since the remake makes this to be a bigger thing than it was in the original because maybe they already want, wanted to incorporate Wu-Tai in some way but I think they're setting mm -hmm. something up here I think so too I think this would be a great opportunity as well for maybe a new character introduction right from Wu-Tai where it's like a new maybe, character yeah. you know how we got um, like we got Leslie Kyle and Marl, obviously Chadley so it could be a good opportunity to have a new guest character even, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe, it yeah. depends. Obviously, we would have Yuffie and we're going through her story, but it could be like her friend. Maybe she has a friend or multiple friends or connections that she, you know, and they fight with us or they give us mm -hmm. intel and then we have to go and, I don't know, do something or fight again. Like you said, fight against them or there's like some kind of an uprising or they're rebels or you know what I'm saying? I'm just thinking mm -hmm. like a way for them to incorporate like new characters and give more lore and background about how the people of Wutai feel about everything mm -hmm. that's happened and exactly that sort of thing. And maybe they are, maybe there's an uprising against Yuffie's dad. You know, like you said, maybe they're just maybe uh, upset that, yeah. with how things are being ruled and maybe they're upset with the war being, you know, morale is low. People don't really believe in, you know, uh, the monarchy anymore and they want to destroy it. Um, it could be that leads into the story where you fight against him or doing the trials or some. I, I don't know. I'm just like my brain's going here, but who knows? <laughs> Yeah, you, you, uh, Wu Tai definitely needs a uh, bigger spotlight mm -hmm. in upcoming parts. And the next thing, twist, would be I think it would be pretty cool that uh, they introduce Vincent as a villain at first, or Vincent is mm -hmm. against us for whatever reason. Like, it's not just, he's not just sleeping in there and we wake him up and, oh, right. you're going against Hojo. Okay, okay, I'm with you. Not just this. I like that. Uh, blatant, cheap. Uh, you have a new character. Well, it, it was necessary at the time because mm -hmm. they Vincent almost got cut, so they uh, included the most important parts, very digested. So he he could actually be like more introduced differently. Absolutely. And as Nibelheim's nightmare, even maybe. That haunts uh, haunts the Nibelheim Mansion, or it's said, or maybe maybe there's a story that the the, the Nibelheim Mansion is, or the Shinra Mansion is haunted, and you see those uh, ghostly uh, the dorky so cool. faces, the, the the ghostly um, pumpkins, and all the other weird enemies. And yeah, Vincent is also there, and maybe even a, a boss battler of sorts. Yeah, I don't know, because he he 
the, the nightmare theme is something uh, that's strong with Vincent. Yeah. Maybe even doesn't... Well, this could work because if, let's say, there are four parts and part two ends at Nibelheim, it could end with uh, Vincent being part of this, this, this menace of Nibelheim that is kind of the precursor to maybe another Sephiroth fight or whatever, what have you, which we've mm -hmm. theorized before. And he's not, and then at the start of the next game, maybe he is also kind of considered uh, a villain or evil, but then helps us out because he, maybe that something happens, maybe mm -hmm. uh, he, he realizes that we're also against Hojo or something like that, or maybe this is introduced at the end, like in the ending cinematic of sorts in, uh, in this game, and then he becomes party member at the start of part three kind of like uh red 13 was a guest character here got introduced a little bit and is probably a party member from the starting part kind of like yeah this. i like that idea and i see it as like a boss battle potentially mm. um where he transforms into the galleon beast <laughs> exactly exactly but you don't know that that's vincent when you're yeah for sure what is it called you just encounter this like huge beast or that there. yeah that and that's good, the boss yeah. of the mansion but it is it's mm -hmm. what's happening is he's maybe potentially like stuck in that form because they've mm -hmm. cursed him or they've done something where he's like stuck there in this form and the mansion is haunted and mm. that sounds so cool and i'm thinking like i'm getting like re like re2 vibes you know like resident evil vibes like come on oh, square enix yeah. <laughs> such a well done video game right like imagine yeah. if it was done like similar to that not a shooter obviously but just that creepy you know what i mean like you have to collect keys and... yeah you have to collect keys to get into more rooms and discover stuff and also uh, they should incorporate lost number into the lore not just uh, yes. an optional boss battle reincorporate yeah. into the lore and maybe we encounter gallant beast aka vincent first then he um scuttles away then um, uh, further inside, we encounter yeah. lost number. Exactly. And then Vincent helps out. Yeah, something if like we that. defeat lost number, then maybe... Or the curse um, is lifted. Or... <laughs> the curse is lifted, <laughs> yeah. And then we can, we can, like, he says thank you and everything. And then he comes to fight for our cause, you know what I mean? Because maybe that's the guardian that's been placed there to kind of make sure that Vincent doesn't get out. You know, like lost like that, number. Yeah. They give some lore about that character. Um, and tie it to like Vincent being there, basically. Maybe even Yin Yang, because Yin Yang is mm -hmm. down there in in front of uh, Vincent's coffin. It's uh, an uh, I think uh, it's a pretty rare occurrence there, but it's within the room where Vincent's coffin is. I think you can encounter it there, mm -hmm. and just outside in those two screens, I think it's um, encounterable. And I need more Yin Yang, not just a random encounter. That it's yeah. needs needs. This needs Shinra Mansion needs more lore, like fleshed out <laughs> lore and just more things. Give it us, give it to us, Square. All right, then the next point is Rufus potentially help, helping out the party against Hojo, uh, which is at the end of the Midgar raid, mm -hmm. or maybe even helping out uh, against Sephiroth afterwards, because by that time Shinra is practically done. So there's no real um, 
need for for Rufus to just uh, be a be a dick of sorts or what what have you. And he, as we know from Advent Children, he survives the blast from Diamond Weapon because of uh, this hatch at the bottom of the the office and stuff. So they could play around with that. We see in a in a cinematic or in a, in a cutscene we see that uh, apparently Rufus dies because uh, due to the onslaught of uh, diamond weapon, mm -hmm. but then he suddenly appears because he knows oh yeah this is now the bigger threat, uh, Hojo and Sephiroth and stuff and then uh, right. he helps out in some sort of fashion I don't know how. Um, next is I. I I'm not sure if I talked about this in the previous episode, but Sephiroth could manipulate Cloud in this oh. way or uh, present uh, illusions that Cloud thinks that mm. he kills Aerith. But it's all an illusion. It's Maybe it's even not Aerith in front of him. It's uh, like a black-cloaked uh, person or something oh. like that. and Or maybe even double, like he kills... Aerith, or he thinks he kills Aerith, is shocked, and then the <gasps> illusion fades, and it's oh my God. Tifa who dies. But this is also an illusion, and then it, uh, he's completely maybe out of his mind or something. And this could also tie into that they, they um, reached the same part, or the, 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 the yeah. altar in the Forgotten Capital. They see Aerith there, but this is an illusion, because Maybe Aerith um, made uh, or was quicker in summoning Holy, or did something completely different, mm -hmm. and they all think it's it's there, it's an illusion, and uh, ma mass illusion is a thing, as we've learned in the remake. Uh, and this could completely screw with everyone, and there could still be a Genoa fight yeah. and everything else, but there's no Aerith burial because there's yeah. Um, that would be crazy. Like cloaked uh, man or woman. Yeah, I definitely see that. That's that's probably gonna happen. Maybe that. And then at at another point, we uh, free uh, reconvene. Is this this a word with Eris? Yes. Yeah. And we reconvene with Eris at some other point, wherever. Uh, it's hard to say where. And then relief for a little bit. And then comes the actual Aerith kill to take mm. her for uh, away for real. And this will mess with everyone to uh, another level. Kind yeah. of something like that. Just mess with Cloud's head, mess, mess with the head of the others, and mess, mess, <laughs> mess, <laughs> mess with our meth heads. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, yes. but they, they, there's so much potential to mess with our heads and the characters' so heads and everything. And, Sephiroth is such a mass manipulator and he has mm -hmm. now more knowledge apparently uh, and so a much more capability and yeah but it's also possible another thing that I thought of that Aerith could potentially not leave the others because she knows what happens and mm -hmm. then uh, we all go to the Forgotten Capital with also Aerith uh, with, with us in the team yeah. to protect her and whatever happens then, maybe then uh, Sephiroth tries to do uh, some other shenanigans with illusions and stuff. There's so much potential to yeah. just well, flip everything on its head. Well, in the original, Cloud is so messed up that he 
like almost kills Aerith like himself, right? Because yeah, he, like almost she's does, praying yeah. and he's mm -hmm. like holding the sword up, like he's gonna yeah. do it, but then he talks himself out of it or somehow uh, like comes the out party of his members breakdown. Do. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah, the other party members are like shouting at him, right? Yeah. Maybe that's why he that's goes why... ahead and does it because yeah. they are not successful, and then he thinks that it's her, but it's not. It's an illusion. Maybe it's one of the the hooded um or the figures yeah yeah instead it, or it's an illusion sephiroth so she doesn't actually end illusion, up dying yeah. she's alive but she does die in a different way like later that would be pretty crazy that's also the thing that sephiroth tries we also see this in uh, in the remake that he tries to get cloud kind of away from everyone or tries to influence him in a way that he does take a distance from the from the rest yeah. kind of Mm -hmm. And is more of uh, uh, more aggressive in some um, some instances. Let's say Cloud goes um, to rescue Aerith alone. There's nothing to stop him. Yeah, I want to stop him. And this is probably one of the many plans Sephiroth has. That this is, is a scenario he could potentially uh, create. That the others are yeah. not there for him, in whichever uh, whichever way. Oh man, the possibilities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now there's something else that kind of ties into a theory I have about Sephiroth and the, the actual ending of the whole remake saga. What if Sephiroth in the end doesn't really want to summon Meteor anymore, but instead is um, out for Omega? Just think about this. In the original, he wanted to become a god. Just absorb all the live stream and create the yeah. world in his image, become a god. But this is all only on this planet. But in Advent Children, he, sees, he says he wants to uh, travel the cosmos like uh, mm -hmm. his mother did before him. Which means it's dry, the planet dry, like absorb everything, but then use the planet as, its, uh, as his vessel to travel the cosmos. So, and what does Omega do? Omega absorbs all the pure live stream, which has been filtered by Chaos before. Mm -hmm. So Chaos absorbs all the tainted live stream and Omega absorbs all the pure live stream and then leaves the planet to exactly. travel the cosmos and uh, give another planet life anew with this pure live stream. And the old shell rots away with the, the um, uh, tainted live stream. That's yeah. that's how I remember it from talks and reading up on Dirt of Cerberus lore. So maybe it's this is something because Dirt of Cerberus happens after Advent Children. Sephiroth still exists because Cloud still remembers him, mm -hmm. and he learns about all of this because um, Omega gets summoned there. Okay. It's not. It's it's a bit incomplete because I don't think yeah because not the whole live stream has been gathered. Of course, it's the deep deep ground and Shinra did some uh, some shenanigans to trick Omega in, uh, into appearing. But then it's dead, but it could be created again because Minerva is still there. Genesis is still there. Genesis could be kind of the new. I don't know, Vessel for Omega or Chaos or what have yeah. you. Something like that. Just that, that it's not about 
the black materia anymore. Maybe it is for a while, but it's not about summoning Meteor in the end. Yeah. But but Sephiroth still keeps up the charade, the ruse to um, maybe distract everybody. Distract everybody or keep everyone on on the path which is needed. Yeah. So that he can can uh, reach his goal. Exactly. This might also be why we've uh, seen Meteor here in in the remake already, because it might not be the case anymore. That's also why I think the many pieces have already been set in place here, not just for referencing, but because um, it happened in the original, it has been presented here, and um, several things might not happen anymore, or at least not the same. There's still people have also been, been talking about whether we see the final fight with uh, Sephiroth, Cloud and Sephiroth again, which we've seen here in the, at the end of Remake. But with, with Cloud winning this time, which would okay. be kind of a one-to-one -one uh, one -one, uh, retelling of the story, uh, which defeats Sephiroth, and then there's this mind battle and Cloud wins. But I don't think so. I think they, they have purposefully uh, placed this battle there because it won't happen anymore, because the ending will be completely different. This also makes sense because in an interview they said this uh, scene with Sephiroth at the edge of creation, they had this scene planned for a long time, but they didn't know when it would occur in, uh, in the game. Mm -hmm. So this was something planned. They had this, this planned for a long time. This was a, a, a pivotal moment. So this incorporating this, which was practically one-to-one -to, -one to the original, even with uh, the, the camera zooms yeah. and camera flashes, it was it's exactly the same. So I'm pretty sure this it leads to something else. Yeah. But yeah, I'll I'll um I'll talk about the rest in in the analysis, which still has to be finished and made. <laughs> yes. But this is kind of a sneak peek of how oh, okay. this thing might be going. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I I think that you are hitting the nail on the head right now with the fact that you know he this isn't like his all time goal now. It used to be, mm -hmm. but he failed. And yes, I think that he exactly. continued to exist in the live stream because of the memories. And he and we've got a lot of backstory about this in uh, black live stream, black and white. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And I read through those and it is super interesting about what they say when he's like Aerith is in the live stream as well mm -hmm. as Sephiroth at the same time. But she knows what he's doing. She knows that he kind of. Yeah, he creates this geostigma geo stuff and uh, yes, creates, he can create uh, things like images of himself, right? And he's been doing yeah. that because he's using the energy of um, the live stream to do that, like the and the negative emotions of people, of people who died. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt that he is pushing us all forward because he wants this event to take place where he can use. Omega to become activated just like it did in the original and um, the live stream you know the planet is uses its own defenses right and holy mm -hmm. is being casted as well but holy wasn't enough it was like the, mm -hmm. the live stream of the planet actually mm -hmm. had to come together with holy to be able to exactly. defeat the um, meteor so you know, uh, it could be that meteor ends up being summoned, and then when the live stream is coming out, 
he uses Omega to, I don't know, suck in all that power mm. and leave. Like a, a, a double whammy, Meteor and Omega. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and Meteor does come and everything is destroyed, mm. but the only people that are left is probably Cloud and Sephiroth in their last battle, and then they're fighting against each other. And like I said, Sephiroth eventually, like you said, he just wants to travel the cosmos, you know, and become a god and recreate a new world in his own vision and become a god basically but cloud defeats him somehow i'm not sure if it's cloud ends up having to sacrificing sacrifice himself by absorbing everything i don't even know if that's possible but i kind of went down this rabbit hole in a previous episode yeah we did yeah about how uh <laughs> sephiroth was <laughs> like genova basically that's what i said and yeah. i don't even know <laughs> <laughs> Sephiroth is Genova and yeah. he's the one that landed on the planet so many like you know eons yeah. ago because yeah, I remember you were level 10 he traveled yeah. the cosmos <laughs> like because he failed and mm. he was traveling the cosmos as Genova because Genova is Sephiroth that's what I said because it kind of looks like him but anyways yeah there's also this one thing that he alludes to we don't know this in the English translation, but in, in the Japanese translation, he, he says, the, the way he says I, or refers to mm -hmm. himself, is the same yeah. he did before he went mad. So right. there's kind of kind of a hint there, and this was also hinted at in, uh, in one of the Ultimania interviews, oh, okay. I think. Interesting. Yeah. Or, or, or another interview that they specifically mentioned this. So this is yeah. important. So it could be that with with him wanting to use Omega or the power of Omega to absorb the, uh, the pure livestream and go away mm -hmm. and discard the negative livestream that he finally manages to discard Genova and the influence so that he can really exactly. become himself, become a god, become pure. Because he was an incomplete god yes. in the original. That's why, why he only had one wing. Mm -hmm. He was defeated. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But if clouds end up defeating him, but the world is just destroyed, then cloud essentially becomes a god and recreates the world in his image. And that's how everybody gets to live mm. because it's their souls and their being in the life stream, but it's only the, the good life stream. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. because at the end of, wasn't it, um, advent children at the end, it's, like Midgar is overgrown, like everything's destroyed. Like there's no humans. There's only like the same that's, species that's that the end of Red of, Thirteen. Of, um, like yeah, it's the original end, like five hundred years later. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. But anyways, that's crazy. It is also with uh, the, uh, the potential or like uh, your idea of of uh, clouds recreating the world. This would be the ultimate remake. <laughs> remake of the world yeah because sephiroth is no more like he's destroyed yeah. and he's not in anybody's memories because there are no memories of him because it's just the positive like what did you say it's called the live stream um yeah the pure live stream the pure the live, live stream, stream. the yeah. pure live stream yeah because he's creating the world with only the pure live stream and there is no negative live stream and they all live inside of the life stream. It's a new planet. Maybe they've all died because the, you know, Gaia, like the planet's just destroyed, but the, the good that comes from everything is that there's a new world with no Sephiroth mm -hmm. and no evil. And it's just, you know, the pure life stream. And 
maybe they maybe they do come back to life. Like I don't know. Like what is the limits of this? You know, which is kind of how like Final Fantasy thirteen ends, right? Like lightning kind of, yeah, harvests yeah. all the true, souls. True. She sends them to, and then she creates this new world. She's the mm-hmm. she's the one who's. But then it's like everybody's okay. Like they, she's alive. She's on a she takes a train. She sees, like it shows like images of them, there living on the new world. But they might not know each other. Mm. They might know of a reality where this happened, or they, they forgot everything. I don't know. Like it's just they don't really go into detail. But it's kind of similar to no, that I, where I, I, it's, she it's destroys God, God, yeah. and then she becomes God and recreates civilization on a new planet like she creates a new reality a new world and then she goes to pose for louis vuitton <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not that but yeah yeah no not that <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right guys so that concludes our ask anything episode so we hope you enjoyed it we had a blast sitting here and answering your questions If you have any ideas for upcoming topics, you can reach us by our email. It's thereunionpodcast at gmail.com, thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter account, and I've, like I said, I've been more active on the Twitter account, like retweeting and sharing um, things that I find that are super interesting that I think you guys would enjoy. So if you haven't had a chance yet, please, please follow um, our Twitter account. And we will be eventually doing some amazing giveaways on our Twitter account as well. So You should, you know, follow us to be up to date on all of that. And also we do have a Facebook page. It's at Reunion Podcast. Uh, Our YouTube channel is The Reunion Podcast and we do post our episodes on YouTube for you guys to be able to listen to as well. And our Instagram account is at The Reunion Podcast. So uh, Viz, did you want to drop your socials for Cosmo Canyon Observatory? For sure. So it's Cosmo Canyon Observatory on YouTube. All the other links should be there as well in the banner, but we're at CC underscore observatory on Twitter. I've started to be a little bit more active on my personal Twitter account, which is at Vesuvesath. And if you don't know how to spell it on my Cosmo Canyon Observatory page on Twitter mm-hmm. in the bio, it says it's spelled out. So just copy and paste this into the search bar and I should uh, pop up somewhere. And there's the Discord, which uh, can also be found. The invite link in the Twitter bio of Cosmic Canyon Observatory. And I think that's it. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. It was awesome to get to talk to you, you know, and answer these questions that uh, that our members of the community have asked us. So I had a lot of fun. I hope you did. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. It was really cool. <laughs> All right, guys, so this is Kai. I am signing off. Stay safe and stay healthy. Take care, everyone. Bye.